0: Do it you want to be a strong man? You can do it anyway. You want to be an
1: Indian chief, a cowboy? You can do it anyway. You can do it in the From the fans, then you head to demand from Australia to Japan.
2: here at in your head wrestling radio i'm the internet icon the pride of the pilgrims the most handsome man in all of podcasting jackie jones along with oh, my partners not here tonight but i'm joined by a pro wrestling legend multiple time tag team champion tony guria it's very good to have you here it's good to be here excellent so I was just mentioning I'm up in Massachusetts, it's very cold. And, uh, I assume where you are, it's very warm.
0: Yeah. It's about, uh, 82 degrees down here.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Raining and I'm in, so I'm in, um, Massachusetts, I'm on Cape Cod. Uh, I assume oh, you yeah. have some memories, uh, of their wrestling for WWF.
0: Yes. We spent quite a bit of time in the early seventies up, uh, In Massachusetts around, um, well, uh, oh, I was going to say Fort Lauderdale, but it wasn't, and I've forgotten the name of the town. We used to be there every Friday night. It'll come to me, Uh, but uh, we were in uh, Taunton and Fall River and Brockton and Worcester and of course Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston was once a month. I think Worcester was every three weeks, if I remember rightly. So I got quite a few memories of uh, being up there in uh, Massachusetts, and in the winter too, dri- driving through the snow and the ice, and sliding down the uh, down the Massachusetts turnpike. It was quite comical, really.
2: Yeah. So. You know, you from uh, New Zealand, if people don't know, like, um, yeah, correct. Yeah. So, uh, growing up in New Zealand, I don't know, you know, I don't know, was wrestling big on TV in, in that era? No, not at the time that
0: I started. I, I, believe I had my first match in 1969, uh, around August. and uh, you know, we only used to wrestle for a certain amount of time. And uh, you know we might have wrestled like six times a year, and uh, it wasn't on uh, TV at that time. But after I left, it got very big, and it was the number one rated uh, TV uh, show in New Zealand. It came on right after the news.
2: So did they did they show local? Did they show wrestling from New Zealand, or were they showing wrestling from the United States?
0: No, it was New Zealand uh, wrestling. They had guys like, uh, well, uh, uh, Mark Lewin, uh, mm-hmm. King Curtis, uh, Don Morocco was down there. My my partner, uh, Rick Martel, he was there before we, you know, partnered up, and uh, and a host of other American wrestlers there because they had wrestling in Australia too, and that was promoted by Jim Barnett for years, mm-hmm. and um they took uh top name wrestlers from america you know down to do six months or a year in uh, australia that was back in the late 60s uh up into the early 70s i believe
2: wow So, um, at at that time was, was wrestling something hard to break into? Like, you know, if this is something you want to pursue, how did you go about doing it?
1: Well,
0: actually, uh, yeah, well, actually I, um, I was, uh, I was playing rugby. That was my, uh, sport of choice. And, uh, there were a couple of, uh, uh, pro wrestlers, you know, on the same, uh, team as me. And they asked me if I'd be interested, uh, you know, in pursuing professional wrestling, you know? So I said, sure, you know, like there was a extra couple of bucks in it because playing, uh, rugby back then, it was strictly amateur. You only did it for the social activity and, uh, I started, you know, working out with them, and then, uh, like I say, I had my first match, I believe it was August of 1969, the beginning of August, and we wrestled, uh, you know, about half a dozen times a year, and then the following year I wrestled, and then I think in 1971, Jim Barnett in Australia was looking for somebody to come over and the promoter in New Zealand asked me if I'd be interested. So I said, sure. You know, so I went over for eight weeks and then I went back again for 12. And then uh, Jim Barnett asked me if I'd be interested in coming to the States. And I said, sure. So the actual idea was that I come here for a year. And that
2: was Mm -hmm. in 1972. All right. So it turned out from a little bit longer than a year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit, you know. Um, and I had my first match in Orlando, Florida, which is only like 65 miles from where I am right now. In, uh, uh on January 20th, uh, 1972. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the start.
2: Yeah, how different was it, you know, going to the to the states, I assume you hadn't been there before, uh, you know, a relatively young guy, uh, mo- uh, traveling now in, in, in wrestling promotions in the United States.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it wasn't uh, so much a shock as a, it, you know, it was different than what I expected, you know, we had a, a, a way of wrestling back in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. That was similar to here, but we didn't have the psychology that they had over here, and uh, it didn't take me long, you know, to catch on. But I had help with uh, Jack Briscoe who uh, helped me quite a bit, you know, explaining the psychology of of the matches, and mm-hmm. uh, I was down here in Florida for seven months, and. Uh, well the idea was to make some money and uh i wasn't making you know a whole lot of money and i was only going to be here for a year so i talked to eddie graham at uh how can i put it now there was a wrestler named tony marino that from uh, up in uh, new york and buffalo and i asked eddie at his suggestion you know i asked eddie about going to New York. And he he says, I'll give Vince McMahon a call, senior, you know. Mm -hmm. And about three weeks went by and I walked into the office. I said, did uh, did you hear back from Vince? He said, oh no, let me give him a call right now. Hold him right in front of me and and got me booked. You know, and uh, I had my first television in Philadelphia in, September 20th, 1972.
2: Wow. So what what was your first meeting with uh, Vince McMahon senior like?
0: (coughs) Well, that was in 1972 at the TV. I never met him till then. I had no idea who he was, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was just going up there for like, you might say a job, you know, applying Mm -hmm. for a job. And the first match on television I had with Davey O'Hannon, uh, and um I wasn't too happy with it it wasn't his fault you know probably more f- my fault with my inexperience and uh I thought oh boy but the next two matches went pretty good we done three matches and then we moved on to Hamburg and uh I done another three there so what Vince used to do he'd bring guys in and they'd do like 12 weeks of television so it, 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 you know, the fans would, would know who they were when they got to the arenas, you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was quite scary my first match was in uh, uh, Patterson, New Jersey against Joe Turco and I walked out you know, and they announced me and they, everybody cheered I thought, holy Christ <laughs> <laughs> who are they cheering for, you know uh-huh. but then, then I used to get I used to get compliments that, uh, I looked like Jack Briscoe or they thought I was Jack Briscoe course, nowhere near the talent that Jack had at that time, you know, but he was a big help to me.
2: So, uh, you, you know, you mentioned psychology, I know you were only in business for a little bit, a period of time, but how different was the psychology wrestling for WWF as opposed to when you were in uh, Florida?
0: Yeah, well, it, it was pre- it was pretty much uh, the same, uh, except uh, they done a little more wrestling down in Florida than they did in New York because the the guys were kind of bigger in New York, and um, so they didn't have the you know the technical they didn't do the technical wrestling that they did down in Florida. Of course, Eddie down in Florida he insisted on that. Um, technical type of mm-hmm. professional wrestling. But I kind of blended in what what, what I did when I got there and, and, and that was, uh, you know, thanks to Jack uh, Briscoe again, was, was you know, to take my opponent, you know, and uh, make him look good, you know, and di- do what he did best, you know, can you follow me? You know, to make yeah. him shine. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then this way, you know, instead of, uh, you know, butting heads, you know, you had a, uh, a decent match and you entertained the, the people that paid to see it.
2: Yeah. I would assume, you know, in some place like WWF, that would be needed because they, they did use a lot of like, uh, character wrestlers, like a uh, missing link yeah. and, George Animal Steel, who, you know, talented guys, but they're also, you know, a character who, you know, more based on uh, their appearance and what they're doing as opposed to the actual wrestling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, George, I I wrestle uh, George the Animal Steel many, many times, you know, and of course, he's not going to adapt to my style, and I know that, and I didn't ask him, you know, but he, uh, I just watched him and, uh you know, when he was wrestling other guys to see what he, he did. And then when it was my turn to wrestle him at a later date, I knew what he did. And I Mm -hmm. was able to uh, capitalize on that and, uh, and hopefully, uh, have a match that the crowd enjoyed, Mm
1: -hmm. you
0: know, with me being a baby phase all my life, you know, I, I had to go for the sympathy. So mm-hmm. it was uh right up my alley to let him beat the crap out of me.
2: <laughs> were there any guys that that was hard with like uh to hard to hard to get a match out of?
0: No, actually uh most of them you know uh, uh were pretty uh pretty good, you know, like we had the likes of, you know Johnny Rods and uh, mm-hmm. uh Miguel Cuna you know that were established up there and they were there regular you know and they were basically there to make you know guys like me you know look good but in order for me to look good i had to make them look good too which wasn't right. a problem you know mm-hmm. yeah i had some great matches with johnny and uh and cicluna mm-hmm. did they, yeah, they, you know just
2: yeah, just sorry too yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering, um, did they ever like pitch any like outlandish gimmicks for you, you know, to play off of you being from New Zealand?
0: No, no, there was nothing there. I was just, uh, you know, Vince, uh, Vince uh, Senior, you know, he came up when he hooked me up with, um, with Haystacks Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um, they wanted to finish. And uh, actually uh, Vince Senior came up And the idea, you know, was for me to give Haystacks the tag, and he'd come in, and uh, he'd do his bit, you know, when it was time, you know, for the finish. And then the guy was on the mat, and then uh, I think I came in, and I either threw Stacks into the ropes, and he came off and gave him the big splash, and then I stood up on his back, you know, with the peace sign up. Mm -hmm. And that was the... That was Vince, um, senior's idea, you know, and the people loved it and Vince loved it and it got over actually that, that tag, I believe tagging up with, um, with haystacks is what, you know, gave me a push. Mm -hmm. You know, we worked against Fuji and Tanaka and Fuji was a big help to me too. And, uh. And then when Haystacks was gone, they brought Dean Ho in, you know. And then we went with Puji and Tanaka for, you know, quite a while—about eighteen months, I think.
2: Uh, I don't but think. I, um, do you think Dean Ho? Like I don't really know a lot about Dean Ho. I know the name, and uh, yeah. but he seems like a guy that that's a little bit lost in um in history because you know all these other names you know all wrestling yes. fans know i mean mr fuji you know, like yeah people.
0: well he, he he had a few years on him when he when he came in with me you know but uh he was a good guy we got we got on really well and he he was uh like a bodybuilder out in hawaii and he had tremendous strength with uh press behind neck i think i think he could do 300 pounds
1: oh wow you know?
0: He was uh, he was, he was a very placid guy, you know. He was always smiling and ha ha ha. And, It'll be all right, brother. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. there was no no aggressiveness in him at, at all, and, unless it need needed to. You know, which mm-hmm. I'd never seen it. But uh, I wouldn't have messed with him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was Haystacks like uh, outside of the ring? Haystacks Calhoun.
0: Yeah, he was a, he was a good guy. He was an easy going, you know, boy from the south. I think he was from uh, New Mexico, and uh, just an easy guy going guy, you know. And he was, uh, you know, very cordial to the fans and you know the people because there's this big guy in overalls, you know, weighing four five hundred pounds, you know, wandering around, he kind of stuck out a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Fuji and, and Tanaka. Um, Fuji's mm-hmm. notoriety is uh, legendary for a lot of ribs. Did he ever play any ribs on you?
0: No, no. Well, not really bad ones. I mean, uh-huh. we were down in Atlanta, and he was there. He said, "He says Tony. He says when you come to TV, you got to get dressed up, you know." So I I put my three piece suit on, and actually, I was going up to Philadelphia after television in Atlanta. And because nobody else was dressed and I walked, I walked in, you know, like the, uh, CEO of, uh, Turner network, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was way out of place, but it didn't bother me too much, but, uh, he didn't do anything that was, um, you know, out of line with me. Right,
2: right. Yeah. Would you say um, he did that mostly to people that, uh, not only say deserved it, but weren't necessarily, you know, good to him, I guess
1: yeah
0: i i think if somebody kind of you know was a loud mouth or you know uh just a little cocky you know then he'd bring him down a bit but also he got his friends really good you know like he had things like he jacked the car up Mm -hmm. put blocks under it you know so when you got in your car after the show you know he started it and put it in gear it never went anywhere because <laughs> it would be three inches the tires would be three inches off the r- off the ground <laughs> right.
2: did anyone like really yeah. take did anyone ever take any of those ribs like really uh you know badly and and try to uh you know do something to fuji no no
0: all right no i i, I haven't heard of anybody that you know did that yeah i, I I think, I think one time in, uh, in L.A. I heard the story that they were going to San Bernardino, which is about 45 miles from where they were or thereabouts. So this guy came into the territory, and he was new, and he said, oh, where are we going uh, tomorrow, you know? And they said, we're going to San Bernardino. What time do we have to leave? Oh, we going got to leave at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> So they left like nine in the morning, and you know, it, it was a rib, you know, like if I was doing the rib, I'd have to, you know, go through this uh, seven hours of driving, you know. Mm-hmm. So they kind of drove down hypothetically down to San Diego, then across to um, that place, uh, Springs, where all the, uh all the, all the rich people hang out and then okay. go the back way and come into San Bernardino. And of course, after, after the show, you know, you're going to drive home. So you're going to want to have some refreshments and some food, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, this guy mentioned, uh, you know, well, we're going to get some refreshments and get some food to get home. Yeah. So, you know, he was buying all this stuff for the seven hour drive home and he was in 45 minutes.
2: <laughs> who are some of the starts. guys? You, who were some of the guys you traveled with during that that period? Well,
0: when I was at the, in the seventies, uh, uh, God, oh, there was uh, Rick Rick McGraw. I traveled mm-hmm. with him. I, of course, I traveled with Larry S. D. Jones. You know, uh, there was uh, Jack Evans. You know, because. You know, when we traveled to save a little money, we didn't travel by ourselves. You know, if we could get four in a car and then you paid the driver trans, I think it started at two cents a mile and I think it ended at four cents, you know, in the early 80s because the price of gas. So, But everybody took a turn at driving, you know, and kind of get the same four guys, you know, in the car going to the same town.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned traveling with uh, Larry. How, how did your team come about with Larry Zabisco?
0: Yeah, well, when Larry came in, he never had a place to stay or anything. So I, I, I said to him, I said, Larry, if you want, you can stay with me. I lived in West Haven, Connecticut at the time. And, and uh, you know, I got an extra room. And uh, and then we can find you a place. So that's. Uh-huh that's what he did you know and like you know larry had just started in the business you know mm-hmm. so uh and then we traveled together and then he needed to get a car and i i found uh uh a dealership to get him a i think he, he got a oldsmobile 88 i think that was his first car and and we traveled and we worked out together and yeah, it went well, and I still see him now and again.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I've had Larry on the show up. many times over the years. Uh, I I think mm-hmm. he's always a very fun guy to talk with. Yeah. Um, were you yeah, so? Yeah. Did he have like heat at the time backstage, like with people? Because you know he has the big uh, build up with Bruno San Martino and then you know mm-hmm. the, the Shea Stadium match, and then uh, he's out of the WWE, you know, and doesn't come back
0: yeah I, I I don't know. I was away uh, at that time, and then I came back and then we had a little angle, and we worked, we walked you know worked around. he He was a heel by now, you know, after he worked with Bruno. and I was quite comfortable with it, and uh I don't know. I never like Larry had his way, and, and that was it. you know he, he didn't do, harm me in any way. He helped me with anything. Mm-hmm. but uh I don't know some guys might have might might have had a little bit of problem with them. I don't know. I never heard of anything but you know in the in the business back then, there used to be a little animosity of uh, somebody getting a push, and this guy's not mm-hmm. getting a push, but you know that's life you know if you're not mm-hmm. happy, you know move on mm-. Mm-hmm.
2: So at the time, would you wrestle for other um, territories? You wouldn't be in WWF the entire time?
0: No, I was with the WWF. Okay, I came here in Florida in March, and I left in uh, October, I believe. And then I stayed there till, uh, let me see, I think 1975, around July. And then I went to atlanta and i was there for about six months and things weren't working out there and then i went out to san francisco and i stayed there for a year i worked for Roy, she was there uh, i think i think tanaka was there. no cito and um, and that was a good working expression you know, he wasn't your and he uh you know, he watched all the matches and if he wasn't satisfied with something he'd let you know. And then I came back in seventy uh, seven, beginning the day in New York. so uh, I think seventy nine. that I came back to New York and then mm-hmm. finished up wrestling in New York and worked backstage after.
2: Um, you know I always hear a lot about uh, the San Francisco uh, territory but I from understanding, there's not a lot of footage uh, from there because there's like so many you know talent people went through it
0: yeah well well that was the place to go if you went to San Francisco you could pretty much you know get booked anywhere uh, in the country, that was the uh, the word there. But you know, Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson were there for years. Chief Peter Mayhew, he was there. Uh, Rocky Johnson. You know, they had a, a, a. Of course, Ray Stevens. You know, who I consider probably the best heel in the business. He just he was a natural.
2: Mm-hmm what you know when i watch um like pat patterson matches of that era uh especially like yeah. in the, in the ww uh to me it really um it's a, it's a really different style i think he's but before his day because i think that's more the style that you know became in the 80s and beyond it was he did more uh, bumps he moved right you know mm-hmm. it was just a different style uh was i i haven't seen a lot of uh of ray stevens was he similar uh no it, it's
0: kind of no, Ray didn't fly as much as much as Pat. Ray flew mm-hmm. you know when he had to. And like it, it meant something that their styles were similar, but you know ray, ray was was back at gear, you know mm-hmm. if if you can understand what I'm trying to say. And yeah. Pat, you know, Pat was ba-boom, 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 you know, and Ray was ba-boom, all right, you know. Now I, I need a bit of a break, you know. But I, I worked with Ray quite a few times when he came to New York and I loved it. You know, it, it was so, e- it was easy, you know, and it was, uh, it was believable. He was very believable. And I worked at tag team with him. now in San Francisco, too, and I suggested some stuff to him, you know, that I did with Pat, and he kind of shot me down, you know, he said, oh, no, you don't want to do that. And I kind of think, I wonder why, because Pat does it, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then it tweaked. <laughs> it was a le- learning process for me.
1: Mm-hmm
2: um well how about working with pat patterson you know teaming with patterson uh, what did you think of him and uh you've been around him for for decades i guess you know in and out of the ring uh what's he like as a person
0: yeah oh pat is always up for a joke or you know uh-huh. and he he likes to have a drink or two after the show you know <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: he was he was around he was he was fun you know and even in you know, in the uh, in the ring, I I was tag team partners with the mountains San Francisco, and uh, you know it was a pleasure working with him. But really had a program that he wanted, like you know, he wanted to, you know,
1: like
0: this, 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 and that's what he wanted to see. And as long as you get, it like that, it was happy. you know, it was spots and pulse finishes, you had to have. You know more than one false finish in and and of course pat Pat was there for years so i'm just looking at pat and following him you know and it was fine learning process for me
2: uh and don morocco was there and you mentioned he was also in new zealand yeah um do you think he was a guy that um you know could have been like a top guy or could have been the top guy in the wwf at one point
0: Oh, yes, definitely. You know, Don looked the part and, uh, you know, I I wrestled him many times, too. And, um, and of course, the big thing, Don could speak, too.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: he's put on the mic. And and that seems to be, you know, almost 60% of it today, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Being able to, you know, Wrap all that off, but he was friends with King Curtis, and he learned a lot from Curtis too. Because over there in New Zealand, I believe he wrestled Curtis, you know. And when he came here to New York, he was a heel, of course. He was a, a the beach. But he was uh, very talented.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, uh, sorry. My power went out. I know I have a, a storm outside. I didn't think it was uh, quite that bad, but apparently it is, <laughs> but I have it all. So I have everything we, we recorded up to this point saved. So that's, that's, that's good. All right. So I forgot. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what we were talking about at the time.
0: I think we're talking about Don Morocco being in New Zealand and, uh, race right. working with, uh, with king curtis and then when don came over here because he was a heel so he had a lot of of that you know that brush you know rubbed off on him mm-hmm. and curtis being from hawaii too you know so they were i think they knew each other over there previous
1: yeah
2: uh what, what was uh king curtis like by the way uh like his i don't know much about him besides you know uh him on on air his character
0: yeah Oh yeah, no, he, he he was one heck of a talent, you know. And uh, um, I met him in Australia, nineteen seventy-one, when I first went over there, you know. And I really didn't know anybody, you know. And uh, he was there, and you know, one of the boys, you know, he liked the he liked the party and had fun, you know. And uh, I think he I think he married a New Zealand girl actually, and. Really? Um, yeah, I took her back to Hawaii with him, you know. But he was a heck of a day. He could speak, you know. Mm-hmm. That was his gift, you know. Yeah. And of course, you know, he, he'd bleed almost every night.
1: Mm-hmm. Him and him and Lewin had
0: an ongoing feud uh, in Australia. They mm-hmm. drew a lot of money. So it was basically... And it yeah. wasn't the, uh, you know, the up and down high spot wrestling, you know, it was psychology. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> oh, what, you, about- what, what, what what did you think of that kind of wrestling? You know, I guess now people would call it hardcore wrestling. The, uh, the blood, the, yeah. the bloody matches.
0: Yeah, no, I w I wasn't too keen, you know, on, on the bloody matches it, you know, especially when I was, you know, on tour there and I'd see it, you know, three or four times a week, you know, I mean, if it was necessary, you know, but, uh, I guess they felt it was, I wasn't, uh, into that. I think, uh, I only bled about three times, you know,
2: mm-hmm. did, did you ever do much with Kevin Sullivan? You know, cause he did a lot with, uh, with both those guys, you know, in Florida and other yeah. places.
0: No, no. As a matter of fact, Kevin came up. He was from Massachusetts and came to uh, a show and he was uh, wrestling me. And I think he was a baby face and I was too. And, um, and we had quite a match, you know, we, we didn't meet. That's the first time we met, you know, it was like, all right, Tony, you're wrestling Kevin. I said, okay. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I seen him at cauliflower alley a couple of years ago and he said, do you remember the match we had in Massachusetts? I said, yeah. And, uh, you know, it must've impressed him, you know, but I thought, I thought it was a good match you know. it was a, a baby face match, you know, mm-hmm. straight match. So there were a lot of high spots and cold finishes and stuff. I mm-hmm. uh, well, remembered it. Oh, I'm it? Sorry.
2: Yeah. Go ahead. And I was just to say, a lot of people in the chat here has uh, have mentioned uh, Rick Martel. So, uh, yeah, just wondering how you know how that that team formed, and what, what, in your opinion, what what makes a good tag team?
0: Well, I I I think with partners, you know, working as a team. Uh, if you got one partner, you know, wanting to sh- you know shine and say, you know, it's all about me, then it's not going anywhere, you know. With me, I think, all my uh, 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 tag team partners and everything, I, I just wanted, the, you know, the team, you know, like we had jobs to do. But the thing with Rick, um, you know, we got to the point we didn't even have to talk, you know. We just, like, look at each other and, you know, okay, this is what, what we need to do next and uh i think that's what made it you know and we had a similar a similar style he was a little bit more I guess, say i don't know if flamboyance the right word than me but then i was 10 years older than him too so it was time for me to slow down a little but you know we really had a good time and we kind of adopted each other as brothers you know he'd lost his brother who was the same age as me a few years before I met him.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. And I, I think I, you know, might've pulled that void for him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was nothing. Well, I'm better than you. You're better than me. Nothing. No, we just go and we have the match. This is, you know, we'll format it and then we'll go in and we'll have it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was it. And, and we done quite well.
2: Uh what were the, what was it like, uh, with Rick Martell wrestling, the Samoans like,
0: Oh, that was a great, uh, huh. I, you know, things so, so out in the open now to what they were, but right. okay. I was like, Rick had just come from, uh, Hawaii and he was working. Uh, he was a booker there with PMI. idea, uh, you know, Rocky's, uh, Rocky's, um,
2: uncle, and grandfather,
0: uh, grandfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Rick was working there as a booker, you know, and, you know, things are tough, you know, to get things going there, you know, and anyway, he left and, uh, and I'm not sure if it was, uh, you know, I got the feeling. So anyway, we're in Philadelphia and we're gonna wrestle the Samoans for the first time and Gorilla Monsoon was the agent. He said, okay, you guys, you know, wrestling each other. And uh, so I'm talking with the Samoans, you know, and nobody's saying much. We just uh said, okay, guys. I said, there's two ways of having This match there's an easy way and a hard way. And I said, I don't know about you guys, but I like to do it easy, Mm, you know? So then. Uh, I said, here's my suggestion, you know, so I gave it to them, you know, and they said, yeah, brother, yeah, brother, yeah, that's all right. So Rick and I didn't know what we were coming, you know, these guys were monsters, you know, but I, but they went for the, you know, scenario I gave them and we had a, you know, a hell of a match. I thought actually they came in and they thanked, they said, brother, we didn't know it could be that easy, you know, so. So it worked out, uh, pretty good. And you know, the salmon. people talk about the Samoans the Samo you know, and I see them and we hug each other when I see them, you know, uh, you know, two or three times a year. Oh, and, um,
2: <laughs> my, yeah, uh, my, yeah, I lost the uh, power again briefly, but apparently, uh, we reconnected. Okay. So we're here. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about the, the Samoans, I don't know how much you got of me there, but, uh, you know, we had a match and uh, and it was good and the people responded well, but you hear about the Samoans, the Samoans, Samoans, you know, they, they they worked hard and we worked hard and we got them over to their position and they got us over, you know, to our position. and. And that was just with nobody being greedy or, you know, thinking that they were, you know, you know, important
2: Mm -hmm. when you started that, you mentioned that, um, you know, wrestling things are a lot more open today than like they would have been, you know, back then. Yeah. Was that ever, was that hard for you to deal with as a professional wrestler when, uh, when, when wrestling became more yeah. open as to what it, what it is. And, you know, fans started to know yeah. more about it.
0: Yeah. It was a little hard, you know, like I'm a bloody old timer now, you know, like the old timers that I knew they're not around anymore. You know, and of course you couldn't, uh, like back in the seventies, you never ro- 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 rode with a heel, you know, the baby faces mm-hmm. rode together and the heels rode together and, and all that. So, so when Vince came out and, uh you know, exposed it so, you know, it was like, holy shit, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. you know, as entertainment, you know, but cause now a- as good athletes as everybody is that's out there, I, I call them Letty stump Stumpfests, you know, because they go out there and have a match that's in their head and they're not listening to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to listen with the people. i give you, for instance, I worked with Rashke after Bruno lost the belt to uh, Superstar in Baltimore. And I was in the ring before Bruno got out because they were frightened there was going to be, you know, a bit of a riot or a shindig there. So I, I was working with Von Rashke and we were going 20 minutes and for 11 minutes, The crowd didn't even know we were in the ring, you know? There was no acknowledgement to anything we did and we didn't do a lot, you know, we waited. Then at about 11 minutes and 30 seconds, there was a little rumbling. And then for the next uh, eight and a half minutes, we had them, it was like a main event, Mm -hmm. you know? but in today's world if that had happened the guys would be going there they would have their match that they got backstage and they go out to the ring and they just go boom 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 and that's a fact i'm sorry
2: yeah i do you still do you are you still a road agent and if not oh, like, no. okay so but when you when you started to, when you transitioned to be an agent um, when did that come about? When, when did the wrestlers, when did the wrestling itself change to, to become more of, uh, going over every you know spot beforehand, as opposed to calling it out in the ring?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it became more, uh, relevant after I retired, you know, because mm-hmm. they did, they'd have agents there where you gotta do this. You gotta do this, you gotta, when you get up when you get to the ring, you put your left foot on the step and you follow that by the right foot and go to the next step. And then you get on the apron and you put your left foot in first over the middle rope. And then, it, you know, you duck under the top rope and then you bring your right foot in, you
2: know, it's like, Christ almighty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember that.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would assume it, it actually would make it harder. Uh, oh yeah you know, to, to put together the match. Mm. It might be, yeah, hard. it might be yeah, easier yeah. to learn in a way, but I would think once you knew, you know, what you were doing, uh, and then if you could call the match with, with, with other people, then, uh, that would be easier than going over every, every step beforehand.
0: Mm. Well, every, every town is different too. You know, like, right. uh, you gotta find out what they want. And now I don't know who's a heel or who's a baby face. And that went out the window years ago, you know. At least Mm -hmm. you used to establish who was the heel, who was the baby face, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you give the heel a reason to heel because the baby face without wrestling. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, but that's all, uh, you know, it's, it's all gone. I had a guy come in. One time I was taking care of a dark match, and I told him, I said, just wrestle him for like four minutes. Don't throw a punch or anything. You're a hero, but don't throw a punch. Just let him out wrestle you. You know, you, you take one, give him two. You take one, give him three. You know, you take one, give him two. And then, you know, when you see the opportunity, hook him. And Vince was watching, and he says, does this guy know what he's doing? And then when he threw the punch, then <laughs> the said, Oh, I get it. <laughs> so I, I thought that was quite funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the, so I, I, I must uh, be a real old timer, you know, like, <laughs> doing this shit. <laughs> um, excuse me. Yeah. No,
2: that's you totally know, just
0: fine. A- a- analyzing it, you know, but I,
2: uh-huh.
0: I don't know why they can't get, the. uh, uh you know, half a dozen guys. You know, today and just uh, you know, have them go back slowly to the old time. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and see. I I think I wrestled Bob Orton, Jr. somewhere. You know, and they were going boring, boring. I don't know. He said boring. I'll show you boring. You know. So we just kind of sat there. You know. And mm-hmm. after they're so bored, where are they going to go? They got to come, All right. you know, they got to come with you. And, uh, and we got them, mm-hmm. you know, took a little while, but you know, you no hurry, you got 12, 15 minutes. So
2: yeah,
0: you can tell a lot of
1: stories of that.
2: So uh, you mentioned, <laughs> you know, the second, Vince, uh, you know, Vince uh, Jr. Um, yeah. How long did you, did I assume you were around him, you know, when you were, when his father was still running the company.
0: In oh, other- yeah, yeah. He, he he done all the uh, interviews, you know, right. and he was doing the commentary. Yeah.
2: Did you get along with with both uh, Vince Sr. and Jr.? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just, when I needed to talk business, that, that's when I did it, you know. I wasn't there, oh, hey, Vince, where are we going tonight, you know, type thing none of that with me you know it was a it was a job i had it was a job i enjoyed and uh, there were people there that i enjoyed being around you know mm-hmm. they're fun Yeah. you know if you, if you can't have fun at your work you know then you need to uh you need find to find towns. another job <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mm. Uh, here in the chat, they say um, you and Rick Martell had a great chemistry together as a team.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: w- when Rick Martell left and went to the AWA, um, did you ever have any talks about going to the AWA?
0: No, I had an opportunity to go to the AWA in 1975. Jack Lanza gave me a call, but uh, I, I, I was just heard about how much snow they had up there. <laughs> I thought, well. I don't want to be <laughs> traveling the bloody snow, because that's when they did all the business. It was yeah. in the winter, and the summer was very quiet, because up there, everybody go, gets their boats out, and everybody's out on the lakes and enjoying the three weeks of summer.
1: Uh-huh. But
0: uh, uh, I, I kind of um, regret not taking that opportunity of going.
2: Uh, why yeah, is that? Just, I- just so you know you could have, just to see what it's like, and
0: yeah no but uh, you know it was a good territory to go to you know yeah. and there was a great you know Rick flair was, was from there uh uh Jim Brunzel spent a lot of time there there was buddy wolf mm-hmm. you know uh he, he was up that way you know a lot of a lot of good talent went through there um uh dog for sean
1: yeah Matt, yeah
0: yeah so uh I don't know, for whatever reason, you know, I just think uh, that's one place I should have gone and spent a year, mm-hmm. you know, but who knows, it might have, might have thrown my timing off and, uh, I might not have ended up the way I ended up, you know, as an agent,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a pretty good retirement for somebody that, you know, had wrestled mm-hmm. because if it wasn't there, I would have gone back to New Zealand.
2: Right so um h- how does that like come about like uh is that something you suggest or is that something you know the the company suggests what you know we think you know you'd be good at this position
1: uh
0: yeah actually uh strongbow suggested uh chief jay Strongbow, he yeah. was an agent and he suggested so why not uh tony you know he's uh you know he doesn't mess around and uh pretty straightforward guy, and so uh, I went on the road with him for a few weeks, you know, and then uh, then after that, they said, well, okay, you'll be the agent, but I was getting, you know, the information from Pat Patterson. He was the booker then, mm-hmm. so I talked to Pat every day, and then I'd put my report in at night, and uh, if there was anything questionable, I'd get a call from... Pat or Vince in the morning. You know, what happened here or what happened there? Not that it happened too Mm -hmm. often. And uh, I did that, I don't know, from 1987 till, so I done that for about 23 years, I think. 23, 24 years. So pretty good, got to travel around the world, you know, all through Europe.
2: Yeah, Uh, to me.
0: Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. Japan, Philippines, <laughs> Singapore.
2: Yeah. Chief J. Strongbow is kind of a polarizing guy. Um I've actually had Chief J. Strongbow on the show years ago. But um a lot of people they'll either say like they real a lot of some people really like Chief J. Strongbow, and I've also had a lot of guests who the opposite are not fans of his. Uh, yeah, what did you yeah, think of yeah, Chief? Because, no, no no in the beginning I I you
0: know uh we, we we bumped heads you know it was just something silly i was green and i was upset for something i do he was trying to straighten it out you know per jack briscoe and uh i kind of like uh christ almighty you know i thought i'd blown everything you know so he said oh he doesn't want to listen to me so so we bumped heads for a while didn't say anything or anything and then uh, then we got uh, really close and as a matter of fact when he passed away, I called his wife, you know, and I said to her, I said, well, I'd like to come come down, you know, uh, for the funeral. You know, she says, don't bother Tony. She said, you done for Joe when he was alive, you know? And I thought that was a hell of a compliment, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I helped him, he was older and uh, I got the rental cars, I made the hotel reservations, you know, and, drove him around and uh i learned a lot from him he was he was very uh savvy with the business Mm -hmm. and uh you know he didn't i don't think he started making money till he had that uh strongbow gimmick Mm -hmm. and he drew a lot of money up there in new york Mm -hmm. and i used i used to watch him wrestling you know, and I said, "What the hell is he doing? <laughs> he never took a bump. He uh-huh. never took a bump. Never did. But he had that. Psych- he had that psychology.
2: He knew. He knew what he was doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways, I mean, that's kind of like where the, the not so much all the Hulk Hogan character, but like the Hulk up came mm-hmm. from was, uh, you know, yeah. very similar to Strongbow. He just would mm-hmm. stop, you know, selling everything and come back and start chopping them.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, Strongbow helped the Hulk out uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit because he was there when the Hulk started. And uh, Randy Savage, he helped Randy out a lot, you know, with stuff in the ring, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, helped a lo- he helped a lot of guys, mm-hmm. you know? But then, if, you know, all you can do is talk to the guys and, and give them a suggestion. They like going to say, oh, what the hell does that old man want? No, know, you know? <laughs> Right. But he has the experience. Why wouldn't he know something after thirty, forty years in the business? And you've mm-hmm. been in the business for three years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Vince has given you a break, and you suddenly you know everything. Mm-hmm. You don't know.
1: <laughs> there were kids.
0: There. There was one one fellow there who was working with um, the big uh, uh, Singh. Is it the the guy from India?
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, the giant Tiger, you know, Tiger Ali Singh.
0: No, 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 not him. Uh, more recent. Uh, oh, what the hell was Kali? The Kali.
2: Oh, great Kali. No, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, the great Kali. So yeah. anyway, Kali gives this kid a chop. You know, this kid's about two hundred and twenty pounds. Good worker, and he went. He went on. You know, to make some money for the for Vince and himself. And then he took the chop and he went out and within five seconds, he's up and he's on the direct opposite side of the ring from when he went out. So when he came back, I said, what the hell are you doing? I said, you just took a chop from the giant. I said, and you were able to get up and walk halfway around the ring. I said, how do you figure that? He said, well, what should I do? I said, well, you took the chop. you took the bump out, lay on the ground. Just lay there, listen to the count. When it gets up around seven, you start getting up eight, you know, crawl under the bottom rope and then let yourself out again, which restarts the count. Mm -hmm. So uh, he said, really? I said, yes. So he did it and uh, I, I, you know, the reaction from the crowd, you know, was as I expected. And then when he came back, he was running around looking for me, you know, and I was, I knew where he was, but he couldn't find me.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then he came and said to me, Tony, did you see that? Did you see it? I see what? When he when he chopped me. I said, Yeah, I seen it. I said, Did it work? He said, Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, not his fault. He didn't know. hmm and that was, uh, that goes back to gorilla monsoon. When I asked him, I said, what do you want me to do out there? He says, do what you think you have to do. And if it's wrong, we'll tell you.
2: <laughs> That's good advice. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seems simple. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what was it like when, um, you know, so, so Vince Jr. takes over and then when WrestleMania starts and you know, mm. it's just like a whole new you know everything started to blow up with pay-per-view and uh you know have, you have celebrities i guess you had celebrities uh, before that too but uh, what was that whole era like when when just the wrestlemania starts to become a thing
0: yeah well like i was just working and just taking it one day at a time right. you know but uh, i didn't get uh, overwhelmed with any kind i think the first wrestlemania i wasn't there no the first wrestlemania was Madison square garden and uh, they had the close circuit TV. Right. So they sent me up to Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, you know, to be on board to represent the WWF there. Mm-hmm. And then when that was over, then I went back down to New York and we had a function at the Rainbow Room and a few of the celebs were there. But after that, it was like, uh, okay, so this is kind of the norm, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh met quite a few of them, but they were there, you know, doing their thing. So I'd just shake their hands, pleased to meet you and uh just move on. And then uh who was that? Uh ah Cindy
2: Lopper, Right.
0: Yeah, that was a big thing with uh her and uh
2: Wendy Lou Richter and yeah, and Lou Albano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume Lou Albano was quite a character.
0: Oh yeah. And I got on well with Lou, mm-hmm. you know, though, because if he didn't like you, boy, he would make your life a misery, you know? But, uh, I got on really, really well. He liked me for some reason. Uh-huh. And, uh, I don't know why I didn't ask, you. <laughs> <laughs> but I never, I never had a problem with Lou. Uh-huh.
2: Mm. Uh, do you have any, uh, good Andre, the giant stories? Um,
0: uh, no, the, the only one that I thought was, was pretty funny. Uh, there was Larry and I and Andre and we had a, uh, a six man tag. And, uh, Larry said to me, he said, watch this. He said, Andre, he said, lift me up. So Andre grabbed Larry and lifted him up. And as he was lifting up, Larry took a bump you know, off, and, you know, Andre thought, oh, God, I I dropped him, and Larry went down and started laughing, and, of course, Andre Andre looked like his eyes opened up, and he dropped down, you know, and he started laughing, too, Uh Uh, that was, you know, quite, uh, quite funny, but Andre, he traveled with me a lot in the early 70s, I met him in New Zealand in 71, and I told him, I said, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going over to the States in March, so maybe I'll see you there. And I think in 73, that's when Vince signed him up and uh, walked in Philadelphia uh, television, and Andre was there, you know, and he came right up. He remembered me. you mm-hmm. know. And then uh, I said, well, who are you riding with? He said, well, I don't know, boss. And he had his uh, manager with him, uh, Frank Balois. I said, well, ride with me. A lot of guys didn't want to take him because of his size, and I had a seventy-two LTD, so it was pretty big. So uh, we rode together quite a bit, the three of us.
2: Yeah.
0: hey you uh, what, like like to sing. really?
2: What would he sing?
0: <laughs> oh, he'd sing some French song that I didn't <laughs> I didn't understand, really. you know. And then uh, then I I'd start singing, uh, you know, with a French. Uh, accent or, you know, bogus French language. And he uh, laughed like, <laughs> 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 yeah, but we had, uh, we had some good times and we consumed a bit of alcohol together too.
2: <laughs> I guess it would be, hard. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not saying you can't, uh, you know, you can't drink a lot of alcohol, but I assume it'd be hard to mm-hmm. uh, keep up with Andre.
0: Oh, I didn't even try. I mean, <laughs> I remember taking off one time and I think it, I. I, I think he was doing three cans to my one. <laughs> but but one time in Buffalo, he was trying to get me drunk. He said, he said, boss, I said, what is it, Andre? You ever drink Labatt? It was a, a, you know, a Canadian beer, Labatt 50. I said, no, I haven't. He said, try it. And it was strong evidently, but I liked it. Uh-huh. So I, I drank one, I drank another one. I, drank, I don't know, maybe I had six or seven and Andre was looking at Frank and looking at me, and I was doing okay, you know? It was just a regular uh, night out, having a few drinks. Mm -hmm. I guess he thought he was going to get me hammered.
2: That's pretty great. Uh, uh, Do you have any memories of doing the Piper Pitt segments?
0: Uh, The the only one, I think I only did one, and uh, it's kind of ad-libbed. And uh, Roddy came on and said, so you've been five-time tag team champion. I said, that's right, Roddy. Uh, he said, that means you've lost the uh, uh, title five times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, yeah, that's right. There's a good chance, you know, if you win it, you're gonna lose. He said, oh, so you lost the thing five times. And I said, that's right. he went on and on and on. And then at <laughs> the end, I just said, Mr. Piper, let me ask you something or something along this line. I said, how many times did you win the tag team title? You know, and I walked off, you know, uh-huh. and the people applauded, you know, but that, that was his first or second
2: Piper's hit. I yeah. Think. One of the first ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was in, uh, Allentown, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. That was, uh, when I, when I was younger, when I was a kid, that was my favorite wrestler was Piper. Yeah, I had the Piper poster on my wall. Uh, what was he like as a person? Roddy Piper. Oh, this time I believe I did lose, uh, 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 Tony. Hopefully we'll get him back here, but we're live here on uh, Facebook. Sorry for all the technical issues. Things, uh, have a storm outside. Hopefully Tony will call back in. I know he's got to type in a number, but anyway, I hope uh, people are enjoying the interview. I'll try to edit out, uh, some of the dead air, uh, big. Thanks for Tony Guerrero for doing this and putting up with the technical difficulties this is a good guy and a big thanks to his wife. Merci for, uh, I think I, I, I think that that's how it's spelled. I should ask Andre giant how to say it, but, uh, uh, for setting up the interview and, um, and my friend Bob Johnson who have known, uh, I think since we started doing the show in 2005, maybe I started knowing around 2006, um, He's a good dude, and uh, he's helped set up a lot of these uh, current interviews, and we've got a lot more uh, to come. Uh, Yurio says, Intro will clean it up in the edit. No, he won't, because I don't think he's edited a show in since 2007, maybe. It's the last one that Intro did. I don't know, maybe 2000, maybe a little later, but uh, these are all edited by, by, uh, by Jackie Jones here uh marquis says the last time i had these tech issues or interviewing the pope now i was very confused by that comment but i believe he means uh pope uh denaro the wrestler because i don't remember interviewing the pope let's see Oh, here we go. All right. I believe Tony is back with me. Yeah, I'm back. All right. I thank don't know you. What yeah. I don't know either, but sorry. Uh, so I apologize for the technical problems, but also thank you for, for putting up and being a good uh, sport about everything.
0: That's all right.
2: Yeah. Good man. I appreciate it so we i uh, just went over piper he was my he was my favorite when i was when i was uh when i was he's probably my first favorite wrestler when i was a kid was piper i had the pipe i he was the only wrestler i had a poster over my wall what was piper like as uh, outside of the ring
0: oh he pretty much uh st- stuck to himself i didn't um i didn't hang around with him uh too much mm-hmm. you know he was on uh a, a different uh level than me, he was on a different train than I was, you know, I think Re- uh, Rick and, uh, uh, Roddy were pretty close, mm-hmm. because they're both coming from Canada. So that was something in common, you know, but I, I was a little older than them and I'd been there and done that. So I, di- I didn't need to go there again.
2: Great. Uh-huh. Uh, how about any mean gene Oakland stories? This came from Facebook.
0: So I I wasn't around Gene too much, you know. He, I was uh, an agent at the time when when he was doing the uh, the commentary and the interviews and uh, and all that stuff. But uh, you know, Gene was uh, he was different. Mm-hmm. He did. he done well, you know. Uh, I last seen him at the cauliflower alley. I think, uh, two or three years ago.
2: Mm-hmm. I think his,
0: uh, health was failing him. Then. Yeah. But, uh, he was
2: a good old guy. Can't mm-hmm. say a bad word. Against gene. Yeah. A huge fan of mean, gene. I mean the best, uh, backstage interviewer of all time, mean gene. Yeah. Yeah. He
0: yeah. was quick too. You know, he could. Oh, yeah. Uh, Throwing those little
2: uh, one-liners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, sadly, you know, uh, just this last year, we lost, uh, I, in my opinion, the best ring announcer of all time, Howard Finkel.
0: Oh yeah. Are you there? Yep. Oh good. Yeah, it was such a shame, but I, uh, I seen Howard at the Cauliflower Alley Club, you know, and I went and talked to him, and he, he didn't quite seem right you know and then uh then i heard you know he had a like a kind of a, a brain disease or something and yeah. uh, unfortunately he ended up uh i believe you know in a um retirement home
2: mm-hmm.
0: and kind of just went downhill
2: yeah because you know, somebody I, that's i saw him at the because uh, they would do an annual new england uh, pro wrestling hall of fame here in, uh yeah. near me in rhode island and uh yeah and then just uh it was just a couple years ago he was going to be there and he was going to like uh he was because he would be the masters of, master of ceremony sometimes and yeah. uh it was right around that time he he got he just went downhill like you said very quickly and it was about a yeah. year later or so he passed away
0: well, I remember Howard. I first met him at the New Haven Coliseum. He was an usher there, and evidently, uh, the ring announcer didn't show up, and they needed somebody. And they asked somebody, "Do you have anybody that could be a ring announcer?" You know, and uh, Howard either stepped up or was uh, volunteered by some of the workers there, and uh, that was it. Then he kind of started from there and inched his way in, but. Mm-hmm. He's done a great job at ring announcing.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Legendary voice.
0: Yeah.
2: You mentioned, you know, um, Hulk Hogan and macho man getting advice from, um, from, from the chief who are some of the guys that that you think, um, you helped the most who would come to you for advice when you were a road agent.
0: Oh, I think, uh, I, boy, I know Dolph Dolph Ziggler. Well, he kinda. He came uh, to me in uh, Cleveland and asked about wrestling, and he was, uh, he was a wrestler in college, you know, so I told him, well, here. I says, I'm gonna give you uh, the, uh, the address or telephone number in um, Louisville, Kentucky, because that's where our training was. I says, and that's all I'm giving you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, yeah, you know, he done pretty well. And then he, he got in that skit with the, uh, with the four other guys. They were yeah, like
2: the, uh, the, the cheerleaders. Uh, I can't think of the name though. The uh, uh, yeah. yeah spirit squad.
0: And then every, yeah. And, uh, then everybody else kind of parted and fell apart and he stuck in there and then he became dope and he done a hell of a job,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
0: And then uh, uh, Randy Savage also, not Randy Savage, Randy Orton, and, uh, you know, I knew his grandfather and uh, his father, Bob, and I, we started together virtually in Florida, so, you know, I let Randy do his thing, and then i come out, and i talk to him, or, you know, he'd ask me, and uh, I said, well, ask your father, you know, and then... I see him next time, and I said, "You talk to your father about that." He said, "He said the same thing as you said." You <laughs> know, so he knew I wasn't uh, pulling his leg. Mm-hmm. But he he done very well. Uh, it's really, you know, those are two guys that that come to mind. But everybody that was out there, like like there was. Uh, one guy out there, and I, I told him, I said, I said, you know, when he's got that top wrist lock on you, you know, and you just get out of it, I said, you need to stay in it, you know, and make a program out of getting out of that, that hole. And the, I can't remember exactly how it went. He says, I don't think that'll work. And I said, well, would you give it a try? He said, but I don't feel comfortable. I said, I tell you what. Tomorrow night, if you're working with this guy, you know, just try it. And if it doesn't work, just forget I said anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching the match, watching the match. And then he does what I tell him to do. And it worked because I knew it was going to work. And then he comes back and he's looking
1: for me and like,
0: I'm not hiding from him, but I know where he is, but he doesn't know where I am. And then when he finally, when I finally let him find me, you know, he said, did you see it? I said, see what? what we talked about, what you told me to do. I said, yeah. And how was it? He said, it worked. I said, I told you it would, <laughs> but these guys, you know, they, they didn't understand it. you know, it's so simple, mm-hmm. so simple.
2: Uh, let's see. I'm gonna get some questions here from, uh, from Facebook. Uh, Shaheen wants to know as an old school, uh, tattoo guy, uh, what are your thoughts on the evolution of, uh, tattoos and wrestling?
0: <laughs> it's funny because I heard a rumor. I never, got, I never got it from, you know, you know, from the horse's mouth or anything, but they can, were considering me as a, a champion mm-hmm. at one time, and they said because I had tattoos, you know, it oh, wouldn't really? be good. <laughs> yeah. So so there you go, you you know, but to see guys come in, you know, like, uh, the undertaker came in, he was completely clean, I believe. And Mm -hmm. and now he's got two sleeves, you know, Randy, he's got two sleeves, you know, even the rock, you know, he's got the, uh, Polynesian tattoos on him, and tribal tattoos. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the the whole thing. And and you go around the world though, you know, like when I go to, well, there's so many girls. Even today I was somewhere, I was at a grocery store down here and here there was a girl all tattooed, you know, yeah. her back, her arm, everything. Yeah. It's just something yeah. that's out
2: there. Yeah. It's just, uh, I think, cause I don't have any tattoos. I, I think sometimes I stand out more not having a tattoo than uh, if yeah. would have a tattoo today. Yeah.
0: I, I don't even think of mine and mine, uh, right. Mine are
1: like
2: fifty eight years old now, I guess. Uh-huh. I remember uh when i I met Danny, dangerous Danny Davis at uh at the uh um, yeah. at the New England thing. And he had, you know, old tattoo old tattoos on his arm and he said that's why he always wore the long sleeves when he rafted, and also when he became a manager for the same they didn't they didn't think it would be believable or whatever if uh if the referee yeah. had tattoos, which it's just uh yeah it's a totally different culture today. Not just in wrestling, but like you said everywhere
0: yeah yeah and it's uh i don't know well that's what yeah. they want to do
2: yeah even like places where it used to be like taboo to have uh because uh, like cody rhodes has the big neck tattoo now and uh, mm-hmm. i even see people like I said working at the supermarket with tattoos on their hands and for yeah. once in a while on their head which uh, i don't know about that one but,
1: uh, yeah.
0: uh, <laughs> uh the uh well mike tyson's got that one on his <laughs> <there. laughs> right, that's right a, yeah that's a polynesian tattoo actually uh in new zealand uh, bumped into a couple of
2: and unfortunately lost tony and i'm sorry about this uh, this one might have been Maya this time i'm gonna wrap it up next time we get tony on here when you get him back we'll wrap up the show but i appreciate uh tony grieve for being a good guy telling a lot of cool stories and uh, putting up with my technical problems. I, I know it's actually not my fault. It's it's the weather. But still, he's a good guy. I probably would have gave up. I'd be like, what the hell with this guy? This, this, this Jackie Jones, he wants me to do the show. And uh, this is, he just keeps uh, keeps cutting out. But I can't help it. I'm sorry. But I think it just went briefly. All right. Here we have him back. All right. I'm going to get to the rest of these questions, Tony, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. There's so much uh, problems here, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing this. That's fine. Uh, Alan wants to know, um, what are your thoughts on Pedro Morales and why don't you think he was a bigger star out of, out of WWF than he was in WWF?
0: Oh, that's a good question i I was with Pedro in uh California uh, for almost a year, and we used to work out every day together, sometimes three to eight hours. but I noticed his his style out in California was uh like more aggressive and more uh technical than it was in New York so uh that was that's probably the only reason that uh well the only way i can answer that question
1: mm-hmm.
0: he seemed to wrestle a little more when he was out in new york he did you know he slowed down he was in second gear in new york and third gear when he was out
1: mm-hmm. uh, do
0: you I think also
2: it, it could also have been um uh just the that, area could you think anything about uh like uh, a lot of puerto rican fans in new york could have been, uh, you know, a part of the reason too.
0: Yes, yeah. It could have made it a little bit easier for him, you know. He did,
2: you know, maybe I, I'm just uh,
0: assuming, you know, that maybe because they were behind him, he didn't have to do as much, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dob, know. sorry, uh, Dobbs wants to know. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, wrestlers, uh, for the most part, being smaller today?
1: No, I don't. I don't
0: don't really have any uh thoughts on that you know they they have the athletic ability they work out mm-hmm. you know that was the main main thing with me you know to get in the gym and work out uh, and not only just lift weights you know do the uh you know the hindu squats and the push-ups and like bob backland does the harvest step test you yeah. know i've been through all that you know mm-hmm. uh and it's um you know, whether you're three hundred pound or two hundred pound, you know, as long as you look the part and you know, you do the business do good by the business, uh, I don't help them. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I I I remember years ago a couple of guys coming in this was in New Zealand, a couple of little guys come in the ring, you know, and I'm looking at them and I said, Holy Christ, you know, like, <laughs> what the heck? Uh-huh. Exist. And those guys, I enjoyed the heck out of them.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they a lot enjoyed. of, a lot of my favorite yeah. guys uh, currently are, are the smaller guys, you know, in wrestling. Mm.
0: Well, the thing is, you know, it, it, it's gotta be, uh, uh different. Every match has it gotta be right. different. So if you've got two, uh, you know, 200 pounders in there, let them do yet. You know, the back flips and the cartwheels mm-hmm. and the somersaults and everything. But it's very well that a 300 pound guy can do it, but he doesn't have to do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that you know, too. I do think, uh, cause it does seem like everyone in wrestling does flip, uh, not even just flips, but dives outside the ring and yeah, you know, after a while it doesn't yeah. really mean anything. And, and like I said, even yeah. the very big guys are doing.
0: It. Oh yeah. They do. But, uh, you know, talking about that, one of the most impressive guys uh, to me is Harry Smith, you know, Davy boy, yeah. Smith's boy. And he's such a gentleman and I look forward to bumping into him, you know, whenever I bump into him, you know, and, and he's just great. And, uh, you know, he can handle himself. He's such a soft spoken guy, but I mean, his agility is unbelievable. When he was, um, wrestling for us you know there was a couple of moves he was doing i, I watched him in there and he done like he he he'd done like three of four and I, I said harry don't do that i said you just give him one of those that's all they need mm-hmm. to see them because next time you can give them the other two you know
2: right don't, yeah, I, don't, um before he, he was uh, the last live wrestling show i went to before everything happened with the pandemic and stuff so when you could actually go to live shows uh, he was yeah. actually on the show, uh, Harry Smith, yes. him and, um, yes. and, uh, Pillman, uh, junior, uh, Brian Pillman's son. And yeah, I really I never, I, like, man, he really yeah. stood out as, you know, as a star yeah. on the show, it was an independent show, but he really stood out. And it made me wonder why he isn't, you know, on a, on a main wrestling on TV today.
0: Yeah. But I think, you know, he's got a good deal in Japan and he That's likes true. the Japanese lifestyle too. You know, he's learning the language mm-hmm. and, uh, he's really adapting himself. I think he's making himself an honorary Japanese <laughs> <laughs> from Calgary,
1: uh-huh.
0: you know, but I, I, I give him, uh, all the kudos in the world. You know, he's, he's a great, great man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Mario Mancini, a friend of mine, uh, hopefully yeah. a friend of yours. Yeah. As
0: well. Oh yeah. Mario. Yeah. He's not too far from where I lived up there in Connecticut. Right. Uh, Yeah, not very far from me. Once in a while, I'll bump into him, but uh,
2: uh, he uh wants to know if you take the Gaga and add in some k will it still come out to a Markish blend according to the Altamare rules of paying for the tab at the diner?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's talking about Tony Altamore there, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah yeah that's uh that was tony tony was a great guy but he he was funny he was a laugh a minute but you you had to uh you had to watch him like a hawk
2: right Mm -hmm. yeah and uh mario uh always talks really highly of of chief
0: yeah yeah the chief uh you know my, my Mario done a good job. He knew his position in there. I know I used to work and I used to bust his chops too, you know. <laughs> Come on, you fat bastard. Yeah. <laughs> and he he brings it up to me when I bump into him, you know, but hey, it's all in you know, I give him the uh, best match I could. Uh-huh. When I work with him. Yeah. And he's doing something. He's got a wrestling school in uh Yeah, the um Paradise Alley. Yeah, in East Haven uh Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Him and Paul Roma. Yeah. Uh, Mario's a great
0: there's, guy. Yeah. That's somebody else was involved there too.
2: Yeah. I think you're right. I know it's him and Paul Roma, but it, it could be someone else too. Yeah. Uh, Brian yeah. wants to know what was better to work for, uh, WWF or the NWA.
0: Oh, uh, well, I, I got to say WWF because I was there so so long, you know, I was there something like 38 years out of 42 or something. So, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was good. We still had miles to put on the car, like even when I came to Florida, I used to drive 2,200 miles a week. And that's when I first, you know, came and, you know, I wouldn't drive them all, but those mm-hmm. were the miles that I had to travel, you know, and then. Up in New York, uh, we'd do about 1,500 miles a week, but we'd stay up in in Boston. You know, I stayed up there one time eight days and I had a condominium, I mean, I had a an apartment in uh, in South Jersey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, I'd stay up there, you know, j- just to cut the miles because it doesn't make sense to drive down from the Boston area to New Jersey to go back up the next day, you right. know? ridiculous. But, you know, many times we drove from Bangor, Maine down to uh, South Jersey, you know, just outside of Philadelphia where we live. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd leave there at at night, Bangor, and we'd, we'd get uh, back to Jersey as the sun got up.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh card stores wants to know uh what what is your take on the rise of women's wrestling
0: yeah i think that's very good that they they've done excellent and i don't know who's training them but i guess i'd say it'd be Finley.
2: Mm-hmm. i you think know, he was really you, involved in uh when it really started to change and then became you know really good workers
0: yeah yeah i've always uh of course uh, you, you know I. I started back in the in the moolah days with uh, you know Judy Martin and Rolani Kai and and a few of those and uh, you know they wrestled and and then it came to the girls were trying to wrestle like the guys you know and I was trying to say you don't have to wrestle like the guys you know you're a different you know, you, you know you're going to put a different match out you know do the the cartwheels and the somersaults and the fan- you know, the fancy moves, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what they do. And they're doing a great job.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, my, my opinion, it's the best, uh, era for the, for the, as far as women's wrestling goes, um, mm. like, uh, Charlotte Flair, honestly, I honestly think was, is one of the best, you know, wrestlers around all around, uh, yes. character and everything. Uh, you know, oh, men yeah. or women. she's, she's really good.
0: Yeah. She has a heck of a character. She's mm-hmm. done really well.
2: Yeah, and tons yeah. of uh, charisma. And, yeah,
0: yeah, and she can do the uh, the moves too, and take the yeah. bumps. Yeah, scares me. If I'm sitting nice. on the couch watching her, or, you know, take a bump, I can't get up off the couch for
2: <laughs> uh, Along those lines, how are you doing physically?
0: Oh, great. Oh, good. Yeah, I. Um, of course, there's COVID shit. I haven't been to the gym, <laughs> but I used to get, right. I used to go to the gym for three days uh, three days in a row doing mm-hmm. a couple of body parts each day. Then i have a day off and, and then i go again for three days. But the gym has it. but I, I get up and I, I walk a little over a mile every morning. So I'm here mm-hmm. and then I've got a bicycle and I haven't been on that for a while. And then of course I've got the pool, but everything works. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the uh, the legs move like they should, and the arms move like they should. That's good. They only yeah. had one real bad injury, and I don't know how I did it. I pinched a nerve at my neck.
1: Oh, and, wow. You know, the,
0: one of the vertebrae had twisted. Mm-hmm. And that was back in 79. And uh, I went for like six weeks. I didn't know what the hell was wrong. And then I went to a chiropractor in New Jersey that I knew. And, uh, he x-rayed me and then he stretched me and then he cracked my neck and pain went away immediately. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I wish I had known what it was earlier, <laughs> right, you know, you're right. yeah, because I had no idea. I'm walking around like in La La land, you know? mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, that's Healed at about 98%, I would think, oh, wow. uh, you know, like I say, when I go to the gym, I'm not pushing any heavy weights. I'm just going through the motions, but mm-hmm. I don't need heavy. have if, if I look like I can bench press a hundred pounds, then you got to assume I can.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I walk every day myself. You wouldn't have anyone to notice, but, uh, two years ago I was, uh, and my heaviest is 365 and i've uh, i'm down to 180 something pounds now i've lost uh, get out of here. yeah and it was all from i changed my diet and i started walking yeah. every day originally they wanted me yeah. to get uh weight loss surgery and i looked into it and it wasn't something I to do and so i tried yeah. i just really changed my lifestyle and uh i stopped drinking as well and uh yeah. things are, are wow. reversed everything i had high blood pressure and all these things and reversed all of that yeah. so
0: yeah, Feeling well, good. I, the guy, the guy's kind of used to uh, not laugh at me at all. Yartonian is garlic, you know. <laughs> so I had garlic and cayenne pepper. This is all on my diet. Garlic, cayenne pepper, uh, ginger, uh, lemon juice. You know, I make a concoction of lemon and uh, garlic. I take the whole lemon and chop it up, mm-hmm. four of them, and 24 cloves of garlic, and I crush them marinate them in water for like 18 hours, blend it, it in a pot, bring it to a boil, right? Let it cool, strain it. And then I drink six ounces of, uh, of the concoction after my main meal at night. And that will, uh, not that I've had high blood pressure, but that'll clean you out and lower if you have high blood pressure.
2: Interesting, cause I do eat, uh, when I started to, cause a lot of it, I just researched myself and I do, uh, because of those uh, things, I do eat a lot of lemon and garlic and uh, cayenne yes. pepper yeah. and uh, turmeric is also supposed yeah. to
0: be. Yeah, and if somebody's having a heart attack, get cayenne pepper into them. This come from Kowalski. And if somebody's had a heart attack, they should be taking cayenne pepper every day. It'll. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, when I started, it's uh, like I said. I use it in, in a lot of my uh, in my meals because it's supposed to have a lot of uh, benefits, to you, health benefits.
0: Yeah, well, it increases your circulation, and it's a natural mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory on top. You know, so all mm-hmm. that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And a lot lots of
1: vegetables.
2: Yeah, I eat a lot of vegetables now as well. Mm. And mostly, uh, especially living on Cape Cod, it's easy for me. A lot of seafood and, and uh, fish as, yeah. Far as meat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the...
2: Have a nice piece. <laughs> I told him I was going to wrap up. I should have done it quicker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Greer. We'll get him back on here, and I promise we'll wrap it up. But we are talking about fish. I'm a, I'm a scallop guy. A lot of, uh, sea scallops, but yeah, a good fish here. I like codfish, haddock, any kind of white flaky fish. Good by me. monkfish is good. Again, thanks, Mr. Greer for, uh, for putting up with uh, the technical problems. Uh, when we get back, we're going to wrap up, uh, the interview. Uh, I might, um review a little bit of wrestling real quick after that, and uh, then we'll probably call it a show for this week, and next week hopefully all the the weather will be fine and we'll have smooth sailing and no issues. But uh, thanks, uh, Tony, for putting up and thank you uh, for everyone here in the chat room. I know it's been on and off uh, with losing uh, connection, but uh, I think we're going okay now. Here we go. All right. And this time I promise I won't keep you long. We'll wrap up the show, but thank you for calling back in Tony.
0: Okay. I don't know what the hell happened. I'm just holding
1: the phone.
2: <laughs> That's uh, where it's a curse show, but we're, we're getting through it here. So let like ask a couple more here. Uh, people sent in bill wants to know, uh, what are your thoughts about the good doctor, Jerry Graham?
0: Well, I, I never ever got to meet uh, the good Dr. Jerry Graham, but I heard, you know, he was he was a very intelligent guy, but he had a problem with uh, alcohol, you know, which was his downfall. And he was uh, he was in the military, and uh, very important part of it, I heard. But uh, I never met him.
2: Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, and Marty wants to know what's the best road meals in town.
0: The best road meal. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I like, I guess
2: when you're on the road, I like
0: an omelet. I like an omelet at the new England diner. <laughs> <laughs> cheese, cheese and mushrooms with, oh, that uh, sounds good. yeah, feta cheese, uh, with, uh, spinach and, uh, mushrooms and olives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, for breakfast I have brown rice and three scrambled eggs. I mix them all together, and that's my breakfast pretty much every morning.
2: Right, sounds good. I eat a lot of. I I make my I do egg white omelets, but yeah, I like omelets with a uh, tomato and spinach and yeah, it's good. All right, very good. All right, well, I appreciate you doing this. I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, sorry for any technical issues, but uh, but I appreciate you uh, putting up with all of them.
0: No, that's all right. Not a problem. Neil, good. have Thanks. a good night. You as well.
2: Take care. Okay.
0: Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: All right. Very good. Tony Gria. Sorry for any uh, technical issues. I'll try to edit them here. Uh, I think there's an editing platform here on uh, YouTube. We'll uh, test it out. If not, I'll, uh, edit it myself and put the show up. but anyway. Big thank you to Tony Gurria. A big thank you to his wife, uh, Mercy for setting it up. And also um, Bob for uh, helping. uh, He set up uh, the last show we did with um, Bugsy McGraw. He's also got a lot of cool guests coming up on the show for us. Uh, I think I went over some of them. But anyway, go over and join our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling. Subscribe here and in your head. Hit the uh, bell icon so you get the notifications. Um, I'm also uh, started to put up um, a picture and a link every time we have a new uh, interview scheduled, so you can find that out. And uh, when you see that, yeah, so you, you'll see a picture like you said for the for the Tony Gurria one, and uh, you click uh, set reminder, and uh, it'll give you a countdown all week until the show. Pretty sweet. All right, so. I had mentioned you cause I, uh, people know I don't watch, uh, uh, a lot of current wrestling is this not for me. Uh, and I'm not a guy who likes to come out and just want to trash or anything, so I just stopped watching it, but I grew up a huge wrestling fans, people know, but the good fine people of the Heyverse out there donated money cause they wanted to hear me review raw. So I watched raw this week. It was the second night of the draft. I took notes. I'm a professional here. This is for Steven Butler. Send me money to review Raw. I'm not saying you gotta send me money, but if you do, I'll, I'll do something for you. By the way, if you uh if you enjoy the show and want to help out, um, we have uh you can PayPal links on the website. Um, if you send a super chat any money tonight, uh, over ten dollars. Because they take 30%. So, you know, but uh, $10 or more, I will send you an autograph photo of myself. Jackie Jones autograph photo. I'll sign it to you, personalized, everyone. 10 bucks or more. Um, just uh, do it up in here and then email me your uh, address at, at gmail.com. All right. So, raw. I got my notes here. Somebody looking at my notes. So it was the night of the draft. We had the, uh, the chief ambassador, the chief brand officer, I'm sorry, of, uh, of Ross, Steffi McMahon came out. Uh, so we had a promo with, uh, Randy Orton and drew McIntyre, which, uh, you know, they're the last time, the last pay-per-view I saw, they had the, um, the ambulance match, which was, a I thought was a blow for the, their feud. And I thought it was pretty well done. I actually really liked the last pay-per-view I talked about, you know, not liking modern wrestling, but I really did enjoy the last WWE pay-per-view. Excuse me. And, um, I thought that was the blow off because it was an ambulance match. And they also, I liked, um, that they, it was a callback to all the, um, the legends that Randy Orton had beat up. And so they all came back and got their, uh, they got their revenge on Randy during the uh, ambulance match. So I thought it was uh, fun. I liked that. So. Anyway, uh, here were the, f- the the first round of the second night of the draft. All right, first of all, I'm going to just talk about the draft real quick. If you're going to do a brand split, um, you because re- they've done this on and off for years. I think if you're going to do it, you got to really stick to it and actually have the brands different. They also have to compete throughout the year you can't just be like willy-nilly like you know these guys show up on on, and women show up on either show no one really cares no one's really competing and then every once and then out of the blue now they compete uh, on this pay-per-view then you go back to it's not really mean a thing if you really want to do the brand split instead of doing this draft where they actually draft the entire roster That's, that's too much. I mean, when you have the draft in the, in the NFL, which is a big thing, the draft, I mean, for, for football fans, it's a big deal, but when you do the draft in the NFL, you don't suddenly draft the, all the teams don't disband. And then the team and then every year, the T there's a draft of every player in, in the whole NFL and the teams draft the players. I mean, that would be insane. What they do is they, draft, yep, is they draft the, the graduates from, 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 uh, from high, from college or maybe even high school sometimes, but you know, from the college players. So if you're going to do that, you could do that with NXT every year they get to draft so many people from NXT. That's a possibility you could do. If you do want to do the draft where they, they draft people to the different shows, not the entire roster, that's just too much. Do a few people like we, 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 get three, they get three. Um, also I think you need to, to put some effort into this all year round. So if you really want to do this, you could do trades throughout the year, like make a part of the storyline, you know, Raw's trying to get, you know, so Daniel Bryan, they're trying to offer him a bigger contract. Um, maybe they could steal a guy somehow, you know, through chicanery, something like that. They'd get mad, you know, if, if, if they offer someone a big deal and, and they jump ship, um, the idea, the whole idea behind the brand split, I always thought was to, to build your own competition. So you could redo, um, the glory days of the, uh, of the Monday night wars. So if you want to do that, look at the Monday night wars and remember when it would be a big deal when a guy would jump ship to the other one, uh, do that with Ron Smackdown, make it a big deal when someone watch. So if you do this brand split, if you do the, um, the draft, like they did, you have like 20 guys debuting on a new show and you do it all at once. I don't think that's the best way to do it because you want to milk these things. So if one guy shows up, okay. The fiends going to Raw. that's he's one of the, the biggest stars in the company. One of the most over guys of the last 10 years, that one guy going to raw is enough for one show. And then you, and then that's enough story for, for like at least a month or two. The fiend is now on raw. You get all these new matchups. Why is he on raw? Boom. You have, you have a storyline there. You could play off of for, for a while you get new matchups, the storyline. Why is there? How did they get him? Whatever you do this draft. You've got, you've got like 20 new guys on this show with 20 new guys on the other show. It's just you're throwing the whole show up in the air, and I don't. I instead of if you just do a couple, it's going to mean a lot more. It's almost like what Tony's saying with uh, the high spots. You're doing multiple high spots in a different way on the one show. So if you really want to do it, I'm just saying make a part of the show an ongoing thing, part of the show, uh, where they can trade throughout the, throughout the year, or a guy's contract expires with SmackDown, he goes to Raw, or vice versa. Something like that. Uh, I This way is just kind of lazy to me. But anyway, so The Fiend goes to Raw. Uh, Bailey st- stays with SmackDown. This is another thing. Was This draft is like people that are on their own shows get drafted to their own show. I don't really see what the point of that is. Uh, Randy Orton, Raw, the Street Profits of SmackDown. They do this all, all the time where every time there's a draft, they're always like, will draft the tag champ. So the IC champ, and then, you know, th- the next night that this the, if the IC champ is drafted to the one show, then either the U S champ will be drafted to the other show or the U S champ will lose the title to a guy who's drafted or, or lose it to a guy that's on the other show. They do it every time. So, so apparently I didn't miss SmackDown, but, um, so they split up new day, Xavier Woods and, um, Kofi Kingston won the, won the tag belt in SmackDown. Um, and then they were moved to to Raw, and Big E was drafted to SmackDown. Again, how does this all work? Because we th- we see this. They draft teams. They also drafted whole factions of people. So did did Raw go out and say we only want Xavier and 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 Kofi, or did SmackDown say we only want uh, you know the what we only want Big E? Why would, why is this, why was this faction split up just technically in the draft besides like, how does this work? It does, there's no rules or anything. And I know it's wrestling, but even like, uh, I'm a horror movie guy. If you're doing a horror movie about vampires and stuff. Yeah. Vampires are, are, are weird. They probably don't say probably They don't exist. Zombies don't exist, but you got to maintain rules within, within the story you're telling. So, things make sense, even if it's something that is fantastical. So, if you, the same thing goes with wrestling, you have to have some type of rules so these things make sense. Uh, Street Profits go to SmackDown after we knew that New Day went to Raw. So, I saw that coming. Uh, Charlotte, I don't know if she stayed or moved to Raw. I'm not sure where she was because she hasn't been on TV for a while. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Aleister Black in a hardcore match or whatever they're calling. No, Is there a difference between a no-holds-barred match, a no-DQ match, and a hardcore match? What's the difference between those three? Why not just call them one thing? But uh, whatever. Uh, this was actually an excellent match, I have to say. It's really good. Um, I haven't watched WWE for a while. Uh, the, the TV, I've watched the pay-per-views. But um, so the the, uh, the Thunderdome. It's still distracting to me, the, you know, faces on on the computer screen in the crowd, but not quite as much as it was originally. I don't know, they might've told, I remember when it first started, they were so bright, or maybe I've just gotten a little used to it. Um, I also do think they have been doing a better job with the fake crowd noise. It does seem a little more natural. It used to just be this and it didn't sound right. But at the same time, when you catch yourself and you notice that it's a fake crowd, it is very distracting, and it puts you off. It's like they're chanting, you know, at that point, yes, 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 to Daniel Bryan, or they're chanting New Day Rocks. But you know it's it's piped in, and there's just something, even though it, you know, I can't lie, it, it's better than than silence, there's just something off about that because you know it's they're not really doing it. And then it's funny because there are some matches that didn't have a lot of heat, and I'm like, why did they? Why didn't they just put? Uh, why didn't they just put more? Did they know? Did they not want this match as over as the other matches? Did they know it wouldn't be? It's, that's a little weird. Also, stuff like when the when the crowd is kind of along with the with the counts, like one two ah uh, or one two three, like I know wrestling, you know, is wrestling, but at the same time, it really gives away that that it's not legit because someone is in the back with a computer putting in the crowd, you know, typing, you know, putting out these fake one, two, three chants. It's a little, it's a little hokey, but maybe I'm overthinking that. I don't know. Uh, so Kevin Owens versus – I was surprised that Alistair Black lost because uh, lo- I'm i actually a big fan of both guys, but Kevin Owens has been around a lot longer, and Alistair Black seemed like, uh, you know, their new guy, one of their new uh, projects are really getting behind not that losing to Kevin Owens is a big deal. Great powerbomb through uh, the table. Uh, I'm a big Kevin Owens fan. I do, I'll do. i be honest. I don't think he has a great look, but uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, Stephanie came out, really put herself over. <laughs> uh, so let's see. What, the next part of the draft, uh, Braun Strowman to Raw. Then they were putting over that um, Keith Lee would be happy. I'm not really sure why, but... But apparently they either have a feud or doing something together. Um, and then, but, but then they gave away that Keith Lee would be staying on raw, uh, Daniel Bryan to a uh, SmackDown. And that's where they did the fake, uh, yes, 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 chance, uh, Matt riddle to raw, um, the bro, uh, Kevin Owens to SmackDown. So it's interesting. They put Kevin Owens over, then he moved to SmackDown, uh, Jeff Hardy to raw, i have always been a Jeff Hardy fan, but um, something that uh, Jericho is always is great at, honestly, is reinventing himself. He's he's been around as long as Jeff Hardy, but he's always changing his character up. And uh, I mean, it's something the Undertaker would do. But the um, the thing with uh, Jeff Hardy's basically been the same guy now for 15 years. And he doesn't just get tired. You see the same guy on there all the time. Uh, we had uh, Ms. TV. It's kind of weird they call it Ms. TV, and uh, when it's Ms. Ann Morrison, it's kind of demeaning to the more to Morrison. Uh, so then, wow, I was putting over the women's division with Tony Green. and I, it is something I do like. Um, I, I think, um, Osaka's great. Um, Charlotte Flair, a lot, a lot of the women. I, I like Sasha Banks. I like Bayley. But, but I actually like Mandy Rose, too. But Dana Brooke. I'm sorry, Dana Brooke. You're not good. Uh, L- Lana is an excellent manager. Why is she pushed as a wrestler? I have no idea. So this was just, I'll just be honest, this was god awful. It was uh, Mandy and Dana Brooke. Uh, promo against uh, Lana and, and Natty Neidhart. This was not good. Not good at all. Uh, so then they had a break, and then the, it was back to more Miz TV, which was really weird to do a break in the middle of a uh, a talking segment. But anyway, so it comes back to more Morrison TV, and then he's like the play and be the mayor of Slamtown. And I was wondering, who the hell is that? Is this a new guy, the mayor of Slamtown? And uh, apparently that's what they call Morrison. And so that was kind of funny. Then uh, out comes Lars Sullivan, who looks and he looks he looks intense. Ah! In the chat room here, Ron G wants to is Neil a Jewish boy? I'm not. I don't know why it matters if I was, but I'm not. Uh, I'm a German and Italian. Uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Um, these are two guys that uh, have. Uh, I don't know if it's too late to really do something with either guy, but, uh, Dolph Ziggler's had so many chances, but they, net, I don't think it's his fault. They just always stop. Like he gets, he'll get over even after a point where I think like it is too late for him and he'll, he'll get over with stuff and then it'll just end. Bobby Roode has been super, it was super over at one point. Um, but I, in theory though, I like the team, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I think both are very talented guys. Uh, maybe they can do something as a tag team. So, uh, they they're looking for a title match. So they're going to get a title match tonight. So I assume it's the first time they're wrestling and they get a title match. I, I don't get that. So this was my biggest. Quandary of the, uh, of the draft was uh, retribution is drafted. to Okay. First of all, retribution is what 40 people or something. It's this giant massive. It'd be like, if you drafted the NWO. Even more cause like they, So they have like the four main people. It's like crowbar and nail biter and, and the uh, tally Whacker And who's the other one? Like, uh, I don't know, ding dong or something. So, so they have this, this group of people. So like, and then they have like 50 other people and now they're also led by, um, Ali who didn't get a cool name. He's not, you know, stiletto or bomb or something. So he's Ali. And then there's like four other people and then like 50, you know, mass people. So, so first of all, you can't draft all three of new day, but you can draft, you know, 48 people of retribution. That makes no sense. Another thing that makes no sense. Retribution is a group that said they want to destroy the WWE. They're like terrorists. They're terrorists of the WWE. Why would one of the brands draft them to their show? This makes no sense. No sense. No sense. It kills the gimmick. It makes no logical sense at all. They're supposed to be guys. That, I know they were given a contract that makes no sense. Why would they give terrorists a contract? If I go and invade the store downstairs, uh, downstairs down the street, they don't say, uh, if I go rob the store down the street and start harassing all the people, they don't say, okay, well now you got a job. It makes no sense. Uh, Lars Sullivan to SmackDown, Keith Lee to raw King Baron Corbin to SmackDown. And Alexa Bliss, who's I didn't know that she's like a witch or something now. Uh, she went to row Seth Rollins. Um, I don't know what he was talking about because I I actually miss Seth Rollins. I like Seth Rollins, but this gimmick is not good. Uh, he, he does this real these really bland promos, like he's trying to be a preacher, but like a not an exciting preacher he's just like very just monotone and boring aj comes out um fights with uh hardy and then uh, oh yeah and jeff hardy's like let's do a triple threat uh tag team match but there's only three got three singles wrestlers so i don't know what, what he meant but anyway, it led into uh, Jeff uh, Hardy, AJ Styles, and Rollins. And for some reason, I thought this was for the IC title, but none of them are the IC champ, apparently. So what, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, Sammy Zayn's IC champ. So oh, that a good match, honestly. I mean, it's going to be hard, rough to be bad with Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and and uh, Jeff Hardy, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. Yeah, uh, I mean, these guys are going to be good wrestlers. These guys are good. I say so? This was an excellent match, really. Um, you know, if there was some like actual point behind it, like if whoever won went on to do something, that would be. It's weird to do like this epic match that means not that has no consequence. So it's like it went like multiple segments. There was no reason besides they just came out and started fighting each other. I didn't get it. Um. And then to do this giant long match, and then uh, Elias just comes out and smashes Jeff Hardy, but uh, so it's really like this match that's building up to Elias. I uh, guess in a feud with Jeff Hardy. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Elias. Walk with Elias. He's another guy I think was really they really missed a boat on. Um, to me, this guy could have been top top card guy. Uh, Elias to Raw, Sami Zayn to SmackDown, or stays on SmackDown. Uh, Lacey Evans to raw. Lacey Evans, drop this gimmick. When is the last time someone was a Southern Bell? What is that from, like the the Civil War? Who uses the term uh, Southern Bell? This is like something people talked about in the eighteen hundreds. And her her real story is much more compelling. She fought in the war. She has a family. The real character is a much more interesting character than the fake Southern belle from the 1800s. Just you, you told her real story. Why is she this person? Why is she a former, uh, military person who has a family and then pretend she's, you know, this Southern belle from the 1800s on TV. It makes no sense. And the, her actual character, her actual story is a, is a gimmick, even though it's real, but it's an actual character and that people can relate to and get behind. So why make this fake thing? It makes no sense. Just uh, Lacey Evans is Lacey Evans would, would be something. Uh, Cesaro, Nakamura, they can be, ta- they can be together. I guess they go to SmackDown or stay on SmackDown. Sheamus to raw Sheamus got a new look. He's got like a hat. He looks like, like, uh, like he's a hooligan or something. I kind of like it. I like it. Um, Oh, we had, uh, Lana and Natty versus, uh, Dana and Mandy and the camera showed, uh, Mandy and Dana, even though they said Lana and or, or, anyway, they, they showed the same team both times. I guess they didn't. They're like, I don't know, it's the two blondes. We don't know. This match was a shit. Again, I'm a fan of women's wrestling currently, but this was not a good example. the uh, hurt business, I am a fan of Hurt Business is a money gimmick. Uh always been a fan of MVP, Shelton Benjamin. I've not been a big fan of Lashley, but he he's good in this gimmick. Um Ricochet, who I, I think is good, not a great talker. Uh basically says, Um, let's do this one last match. If I win, this is it. We stop this feud. You guys leave me alone. If you guys beat me, I will join the hurt business. I like oh, it's good, it was good. Um, and then this really like uh cold match is Garza versus Andrade. Because as far as I could tell, they're both heels. Um, the last I saw, they were tag team for like ever, and now they're fighting. And then you have Zelina Vega on uh, commentary, and she doesn't like either guy. I didn't understand what was going. I didn't understand this at all. You have three people who don't want anything to do with each other. Or don't. What is the point? And again, Zelina Vega's a-, a great manager, a great mouthpiece for either of these guys uh why do they it really reminds me of the, of the 90s when the, all the women had to be wrestlers like in late you know kind of a vince russo thing where all the women had to be wrestlers and um some people are, are you know should just be manager there's nothing wrong with that uh lana and and selena i do think selena vega is better than, than lana in the ring but um i think both are, are more useful as managers uh angel guards are one uh, the lights go out. And Alexa Bliss, she's now there, and she's a creep or something. I didn't understand her. Her and um, the fiend—they were referred to as the Twisted Union. Ah, uh, so then we had uh, Nikki Cross goes to Raw. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode to SmackDown. Our Truth to Raw. Apollo Crews to SmackDown. He seems doesn't he get drafted every time they have a draft, I think. Paulo Cruz. And then Dabacado. Dabacato went to Raw. That's a bad name, Dabacato. Xavier and Kofi versus uh, Rude and Dolph Ziggler. Uh with the fake uh, New Day Rocks chant. Uh, very good matchup. I'm a fan of both teams. It's weird. They just they put put Dolph and Ziggler together for the first time. They get a title match in their first match and lose in their first all in their first match. You would like you had like three months of story in one match. Uh Elias promo. I'm a big fan of Elias' mention. Uh so we had hurt business versus Ricochet. Uh really good stuff. Uh I don't know why Ricochet was wrestling with a chain around his neck. Probably doesn't seem too smart. Uh really just an exciting match. I really uh dug this. And uh, I thought that the finish was cute. The finish was cute. So they, uh, I believe, it was kind of an Eddie Guerrero kind of finish. Uh, Through the MVP throws the chair in um, to Ricochet to get the victory. Ricochet then uh, pretends that he got hit in the head, which results in the DQ when the ref turns around. It was it was cute. I liked. it. All right. So then we went to the. At this point, when when they come back to the. Uh, to the draft, and they announced Titus O'Neil. I'm just like, come on, guys. Are we literally going to go over the entire roster? Do we really need to know that Titus O'Neil was drafted to Raw? When's the last time Titus O'Neil's done anything? Never mind anything. Oh, I don't think he's ever done anything. It's over. But when's the last time he's done anything? Why would we need to know He's not, he's been moved to Raw? And then Carmella to SmackDown. Uh I don't want to say this because she got mad on Twitter people saying stuff, but she does look like someone when I when I've seen the show botched like the women that are addicted to to uh plastic surgery. Uh Payton Royce Tara. Uh Alistair Black to SmackDown. He was like the the one name here. And then Tazawa Tara. To does Tazawa wrestle? I know he's got ninjas or so. I don't know. Jeez, I thought I was thinking poor Ulster Black. He's in this list of just horrendous people. Uh, then we had the women's battle royal, and this was like in multiple segments again. And did they really? Couldn't they plan this plan this stuff out a little bit so you see most of the battle royal without you know going to breaks? So I like battle royals, but anyway, inexplicably won by Lana. Come on. Are they just trying to troll the audience? They have like all these talented women and they're trying to push Lana as a single star, little word. uh, RKO, uh, and drew. Then, uh, you have their battle to finish the show. Uh, not as bad as, as I expected probably, but not particularly good. This, I went over the, the draft stuff was eh, not good. The mat, most of the matches were good. Uh, hurt business and ricochet was good. Um, Xavier and Kofi and Rude and Dolph are good. Garza andrade. I just wasn't really into interested. I guess there was it was kind of a mix of like some uh, good matches and some pretty poor stuff, but some really good stuff though. Um, I mean, I'll I'll give it a shot again. A non um a non draft show is going to be a better example of what's actually happening on the show, I guess. These drafts on this, so, and then they said that they're going to announce more people on the website for the draft. Like wouldn't Titus O'Neill been one of those guys? Like, why would they even bother mentioning Titus O'Neill and Tozawa and Peyton Royce are going somewhere. So what happened to the other, did the other woman with uh, the Iconics, did she get drafted? Are they just telling you we only care about Peyton Royce? Uh, let's see. Up to 50% off uh, shirts and stuff, by the way. Uh, let's see. Where is the – is there a – oh, here we go. See all the results in the draft. I'm going to www.com. I'll get all, everyone's name. I didn't, All right, so. <sighs> Round one, the fiend. Yeah, we saw this stuff. Uh, SmackDown. So I didn't see SmackDown. So on SmackDown, uh, Drew McIntyre went to Raw. Uh, Roman Reigns went to SmackDown. <laughs> so the two champs they split. At least they're trying to make sense. We we draft the champs first, but I mean, come on, like you don't want to draft the whole show. It seems so silly. Uh, women's champ, Asuka to Raw. SmackDown got Seth Rollins, so I guess that's a pretty big, you know, jump. Uh, Raw got see, so Raw gets all the hurt business. So they got Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, and MVP. That's one, two, three, four guys. That's fine, but New Day is. I mean, I'm not saying you can't split up New Day, but stuff doesn't make any logical sense. Uh, round two: AJ Styles to Raw, SmackDown, Sasha Banks. So she stays on SmackDown. uh, Ra got Naomi. Interesting. Did they split up uh, the Usos? I mean, did she split up her husband? Split up their husband? That's weird. SmackDown: Bianca Belair, I guess, is moving to the main show. Uh, Raw got Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the uh, women's tag champs. Raw kept Ricochet. SmackDown got J Uso. So I guess they split up the Usos. Rob, Mandy Rose, SmackDown, Dominic, and Ray. So, 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 you know, uh, father and son, they have to stay together. There's no rhyme or reason to this. Um, Raw, The Miz, and and John Morrison. So I guess the other uh, Russo didn't even get drafted. Weird. Uh, Ross Smackdown tag champs, Tof- Kofi Kingston Xavier Woods, B to Smackdown, Raw got Dana Brooke. Like, they would you like you would pick Dana Brooke that early and nothing. Smackdown, Mr. Money in the Bank, Otis, uh, Raw and Angel Garza, Raw, also got uh, Umberto Carrillo. Why didn't they just say we want all the Mexicans? Uh, SmackDown got, oh, Murphy. Was, oh yeah. Cause he's going with, uh, so they're going to continue the Murphy and Seth Rollins. Uh, thing. Raw got Tucker. So they actually split up Otis and Tucker. I do not see, uh, I don't see anything in the future for Mr. Tucker. Apparently. Uh, that's sad. Poor Tucker. SmackDown got Kalisto. So they split them up too. And Raga drew goulash it's, uh, Jerry, Fatetto. Jerry we're very excited. Uh, did they not, do they have, uh, everyone else? Oh, here we go. We do have a couple, um, network exclusives. I guess they just announced them today or yeah, today, yesterday, I guess, uh, no, today, Ra got, so breaking news, Ra got Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado. So where did the other guy, did I say, go? Kalisto went to, so Kalisto, they're splitting up. Kalisto, they're trying to make the single star. He's going to be the HPK of the Lucha House Party. He's on SmackDown. And Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado to Ra. And here's uh, some shocking news. Shorty G was drafted to SmackDown. right, the Tony Short, the Shorty G. Huh? Man, this guy's asking about Tony Gria. That was on. That was, we had almost a two-hour interview, buddy. All right, I'm gonna get to these questions for uh, me. Anything that's uh, referring to the Inch Man, we'll just ask uh, next week. I'm asking my buddy, my pal, my amigo, Alub, my boy, Alub. That's what Intra calls him. Uh, Alub, can you please um, archive uh, the questions for Intra, and we'll save them for next week. Maybe not. There's 70. I don't know. Well, we'll, 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 we'll ask as many of these as I can. Let's get to these. Sorry I'm not taking uh, calls. Uh, I'm having you know, some technical issues with the show tonight. So, but we'll be back to normal. Um, I might be doing a live uh, show tomorrow night too. All right. Vic Schiavone after following AEW. Vic Schiavone. Do you think Asuka will keep the streak alive by putting Lana through a table next week on Raw? Sure. Dobbs. Can we convince Lexar to join Facebook and the In Your Head page? Do it up, Lexar. John Barker, enter if Jack said he got a new co-host joining and it was your, uh, we'll wait till next week. I hear something moving. I hope there's not an animal down here. Uh, Stephen Logan, the worst in your head guest of all time. Interesting. Uh, white trash Johnny Webb, The Pits, best festival or convention attended. Um, uh, I mean, we always had fun at the um. At, you know fan fest i mean the guy ran it's a, a scumbag but we uh we have a lot of great memories and met a lot of great people at them. so i have to say fan fest as far as uh horror stuff uh yeah it's more of a without your head question so tune in to without your head uh we just did a live without your head earlier today and uh thursday there'll be a live without your Head. i'm not sure who the guest will be yet um oh joe bob briggs will actually be on next week uh best wrestling shows attended um Really any, honestly, AEW show I went to, uh, this year in Chicago, I think AEW put on the best last show I've ever been to Steven Butler. Do you think Nia Jack hitting the Samoan drop on Lana should be a weekly segment of Monday night, raw. Tyler Stevens can Jack get a new animal for the basement. I just heard something. Maybe I did. Now, you believe braun when he says he's only shooting up B12. Yeah, so there's was, there was this uh Bron uh posted uh on Instagram a picture and um there was a syringe on the uh on like the uh the sink and he was like, "Oh, that's cuz I shoot up B12." Now, it's possible. I'm not I'm not claiming he does anything, but you should probably look out for that stuff if you're taking selfies. You don't want to have, like, a direct, direct paraphernalia in your selfie. Um, Tommy DeLuca, what's your favorite band of all time? And your favorite album. I mean, when I was uh, in high school, my favorite band was... Uh, Smashing Pumpkins and my favorite album was uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Danny Wagner, would intro shoot Al We'll find out next week. Uh, da, 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 da. Man, a lot of questions for intro. No one gives a shit about me. apparently. Oh, man. Uh, a lot of these are either for intro or for us, not just for intro. I'm, I'm just messing around. Uh, could you find a way to let me down slowly? A little sympathy. I hope you can show me. I always feel bad for Owl, uh, well, What is your favorite Chef Boyardee product? That would be nothing. That might be more of an intro question. Uh, Tyler's Randy Travis, a better singer than George Jones. Uh, fuck do I know. Who's a better tag team? Our truth and gold dust or Booker T and Goldust? Interesting. Uh, Booker T and Goldust, I think. Uh, if you got selected to be on the prices right, what game would you want to play? And you can't say Plinko. Um a dice game, maybe? Who is more lazy, Jason Mitten or Entry's Young Boy? Well, I mean, apparently you don't even know the guy's name. I mean, Entry's Young Boy is just like a putz. Uh, it's Tyler Stevens. Do you like pumpkin pie? Yeah, I like pumpkin pie. Owl, uh, would you be proud? Would you be friends with a proud boy? Nope. I don't know. Uh, Tyler Stevens. Nah, uh, he's not here. What wrestler would you base a cereal on, and what kind of cereal would it be? Interesting. Well, we'll do The Undertaker, since I got the the sweater on. Something purple. So chocolate for the black and eggplant for the purple. That would be some delicious uh, cereal. Eggplant. I mean, we got plenty of fruit cereals. We don't have an eggplant and chocolate cereal. Eggplant and black coffee. There we go. Uh, Deffio, or just the bong? I don't know how you name something the bong, but uh, Dobbs is it so hard to be loved? What are your thoughts on sacred geometry? I don't even know what that is. Who would win in a foot race, the late great John Tenta? or lazy bones, Jason Mitten, I think, you know, John tenter, probably even now. All right. 10 questions from Nikhil. I didn't know about this. I'm sorry, but Michael says I meant to ask Tony about the backstage fight that slaughter said happened between Sheik and him allegedly, but sorry, you're too late, but thank you. That would've been a good question. Thoughts on the latest Jericho Cornette Twitter war? I think it's two uh, older dudes fighting on Twitter. Seems kind of dumb. But if I'm going to side with I, I mean, I love AEW, honestly. Yeah, I, I think Jericho's doing great stuff. I don't agree that he's just there for money or that he doesn't. I And I don't even see how, if you watch a show, how you could say he doesn't try or doesn't enjoy himself. Looks like he's having a great time. And uh, he's really putting. If you don't like it, I mean that's your that's your own thing. But to say like he's not trying and stuff or doesn't care, but I think is really just dumb. Um, I'm sure Cornette doesn't like the show, but it's like to to like this weird degree. And uh, I mean, I just don't enjoy listening to him talk about it, so I I, I try to avoid it. I uh, I like it. And that's all I care about. Thoughts on and it's just it's this really mean spirited like personal vendetta against AEW that's just strange to me. It's like if you don't like it, that's fine. But I mean, everything that any one of those guys do is just like the shits, dim, and it just gets kind of silly. Um, thoughts on the new day, street profits, just swapping titles. Yeah, I mentioned this just kind of lazy, and it's, it seems like they do it every every draft. With Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on SmackDown, surely they'll be a tag team now. I think they could never fight again. Uh, I I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are always money together, so I'm good with it. And Sami Zayn right now, I think, is doing the best stuff he's ever done. Which belts will change hands tomorrow on the Dynamite special? Every belt is on the line. Um... I don't think they'll change the uh, TNT belt because they just changed it. Uh, although I do think it's a mistake to have Orange Cassidy lose twice in a row. Um, I'd do a schmazz for that one. Um, maybe, maybe I could see Moxie losing them. Who's Moxie even fighting? Maybe Moxie could drop the title. Maybe the women's title. I don't see the the tag belts being dropped. It would be good, though. Uh, Isn't it best friends? I actually think uh, they have a lot of momentum coming off the uh, street fight, and I don't think anyone expects it. I think you could do a, a title change and then continue the feud and maybe have the title swap again You know, down the road. Something that doesn't really happen too much. I know the title swap, but they don't swap so much back and forth between the same teams. Why not? Do it up. Does Dynamite have similarities to WCB Nitro? And so what are they? I mean, I've enjoyed both shows. I think you get a different style. Um, You also get some different types of things going on. I like it. And you get Tony Schiavone. Better use of the uh, Legends, I think. What will MGS big announcement be tomorrow? I think, I don't know what it'll be tomorrow, but I think eventually he's going to uh, be the new leader of uh, of the um, inner circle. And I think Jericho will have a, a baby face run, which I think would be good. Uh, let's see. Did anyone ask Tony about Montreal Screwjob? No, we didn't. That would have been a good question. Uh, let's see. Here. Favorite Eddie Guerrero match. Probably something against... Uh, I remember he just had some awesome stuff in WCW. I think he probably he really did have a really good match with Benoit, I think, in WCW. Um with Florida potentially opening up, do you think WrestleMania be held in a full uh, full capacity? I, I'm, I think things would have to really, I don't see things uh, being that level by next early next year. Uh, any thoughts on WWE's latest draft? I just you know went over it, but it's a good question. What the hell, what has the hell in the cell concept been killed now? I think it's a mistake to have an annual hell in the cell that it's like a date um because it should be the culmination of a feud which you know right now I think they probably did a good job with that but some years it's clear like we just we we may we're having it's coming up we have to have two matches in the hell in the cell and uh, you know a men and a women's match and it's kind of it seems forced so it shouldn't be something you uh you have every year because then it's like we have to put a match in here it should be uh, a natural uh, blow-off to a feud. That's my opinion. Who is the spiritual leader of the world? Do, do not give into to the Antichrist when he appears. Wow. I think me. I think I, you know, I'm doing a good job here being a spiritual leader to, uh, to the head of the Did you know that a million years ago people from Mars came to Earth? You know, it used to be fun when, like, that was a kind of, like, uh, those were the um, conspiracy theories and only, like, you know, wackos believed it. You could have fun with it. But now, like, like when, like, half the country believes in, like, just the most bad shit crazy uh, conspiracy theories and, like, it's actually, like, legit dangerous. It's not so fun anymore. Al, do you think the Iron Sheik has humbled and humbles others in a vicious cycle of his trauma whoa some deep stuff yes i do think that can you guys get Tazo, lexar and juju uh for zoom round table and women's wrestling oh, probably not uh Al-Oob, who would you rather go to a strip club with lexar or the song man huh. we get a bunch of uh of songs by the song man that would probably be fun uh, Alex I think would be fun until we get arrested or kicked out owl uh, no. would you rather watch coach or save by the bell coach I mean I actually did what well, I have watched coach I've never watched saved by the bell. I'm not putting it down. I've just never watched it, but I have no interest in ever watching it. Uh, is Big Swole the most dominant thing going today? Oh, she's very bad. Uh, would you rather? Uh, would you rather enter a shoot hell in a cell match with '90s Ken Shamrock or spend two months traveling your rural America in a Winnebago with Nyla Rose? I think that would be fun traveling around. Let's go in the Winnebago. That sounds fun. Much better than getting the hell beat out of me. Tyler Stevens, how much Raw did Jack honestly watch? Every second of it. Uh have you ever felt unwanted by your radio uh, by your auto soulmate? All the time. He clearly doesn't give a shit about me. Uh Marty Van Buren, fuck Mary Kill, Hikaro Sheeta, Thunder Rosa, and Brandy Rhodes. Oh, Tyler Steven, uh, if intra quit the show for real, who would your contestants be for a heady idol for interest spot? interest. So um, I think probably Jason Mitten, the headless critic, and the bearded incher would probably have to buy to become the new uh the new incher. Uh, Marty, what would you do with Sonny Kiss? I push him. I think he's just, he's got a lot of star potential He's very charismatic. I think he's good in the ring too, but very crazy. He's going to star star power to, him. uh, Mark Frank O'Brien. Some I think the, they should have done more with him after the, um, Cody match. Cause he showed a lot from some, uh, Frank O'Brien, some people will give you the shirt off their back. Jack takes your shirt and sells it. I didn't take someone's shirt. Uh, it was given to me and, and then I sold it. enjoy it. Marty, do you ever wonder what kind of merchandise is on clearance sale at Impact Wrestling these days? I do. Maybe I'll go look that up after. They might, I wonder if they still have a Jeff Jarrett guitar. Uh, Marty Van Buren, should Vampiro have been bigger in the U.S.? Um. Yeah, I think so. I'm a fan. You can win this on Without Your Head. It's the Vampiro documentary. Uh... My weight loss secret. I think I've been over this a lot, but thank you for the interest. Uh, favorite video games or tabletop? Um, Super Metroid, the uh, Zelda car, uh, Zelda tabletop game. Warhammer is cool. Uh, do you follow New Japan Pro Wrestling? I haven't. I do not. Uh, thoughts on EC3's recent work. I, I haven't seen him since he left. Uh, should Sting versus Taker have been booked? Yes, definitely. Uh, thoughts on Halloween Havoc name returning for NXT. I, I love it. Uh, I, I love the Halloween Havoc name. I like to see it back. I like to see it in AW because you know it's it's uh, Dusty's thing. But yeah, I'm glad it's being used somewhere. Thoughts on the ICW? Is that Internet? Championship wrestling. Oh, Schlack versus I don't I don't I don't know who the Schlack guy is. I know people are posting about Schlack versus Mang. I don't know what his uh, thoughts on WWE trademarking live wire name. Hmm. Pointless. Who the hell cares? So Joe and Joey Ryan now is suing impact. It's really crazy because apparently in his contract, he had it put in that they can't fire him for anything he did previously. Now, why would someone put that in their contract unless they knew they did some shady stuff before going to the company? Also, if you're going to, if you're going to sue three of like the 17 people accusing you of stuff, you're basically saying the other people are telling the truth, a lot of good stuff here. Thanks guys for sending in stuff. Well, anything we missed, uh, we'll go over, um next week uh, i'm gonna go quick and i'll go here since they mentioned it impact wrestling check out the uh uh shop apparently they have a pro wrestling t site now That's probably smart instead of you know having all the um all that merchandise and stock themselves Wow, they get some ugly bound for glory shirts. whoo bound for glory? Um, who are all their shirts? Look very much the same, not the greatest looking stuff. Let's see the sale. Sale stuff. Uh, Cro- Killer cross T for twelve fifty. You can get a T shirt combo bag. Um, I'm not sure what you get in this. Is like used to be the brown bag special, I guess. Hot damn! You can get two shirts for eight bucks a piece. Three shirts. Anyway, you can get the ten shirts six bucks a piece. That's a really good deal, though. Damn. Six bucks, you can buy. You know, I get all different. Sixty dollars for ten shirts. That's fun. That'd be fun. Someone want to buy me that uh, large or medium? Neil Jones, Two Campbell Street, Sandwich, Masso two five six three. I'll open them here live on the show. LAX shirts, a lot of LAX shirts. They're pretty nice. Johnny Impact shirts are on clearance. Eli Drake, Brian Cage. Uh, not a lot of stuff and it's not it used to be like stuff would be a buck Now it's like 1250, but, uh, honestly, that's a, that's a good deal to buy all those shirts for a uh, six bucks piece. All right. Question. I'm a huge fan of the boogeyman. Any good merch, uh, ideas? Great question. Um, I'll wait till next week when Intra's back. Uh, we hope Intra's uh, feeling better. I, th- I think he has explosive diarrhea or something. Um, he was pooping his pants, but so I hope he's uh, doing better. And uh, he'll be on, he'll be back next week. He's all better by then, you know, and all cleaned up. All right, guys, I want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Thanks, Tony Gurria. Sorry for the interruptions. Now everything seems fine. We just were waiting. But what can you do? I don't control the storms. I don't control the weather. I'm just the man here talking about wrestling. even if I barely watch it. But anyway, AEW Dynamite tomorrow night. Uh, check back live after AEW Dynamite. I will be here on YouTube and I will review AEW Dynamite on the return of the Jackie Jones show. That'll be fun. Um, if you're into horror movies, check out Without Your Head on YouTube and withoutyourhead.com. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Lots of cool interviews up there. We just did one earlier today with uh, the... The creators and the cast of Psycho Eight. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be on this week, but it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll have a live show Thursday night. And next week, uh, apparently, Joe Bob Riggs is going to be joining us, and Sandy Johnson from the original Halloween. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody. Awesome interview with Tony Gria. Thank you. Love for all from Bruce. Thank you. Best wishes for the inch man. Thank you. Uh, you're all good people. And over forget every week, if you would like one donate through the, um, super chats here, or you can PayPal 10 bucks or more. And I'll send you an autograph photo of Jackie Jones. That's right. I'm going to go through the, uh, the history of pictures of Jack print a bunch out. Each one will probably be different. I'll sign it. I'll, uh, I'll put it to you. Send it in the mail. Boom! You hope uh, you help pay for the expenses here and with on in your head, and uh, it'll be good. All right. Till next week or until tomorrow, I'll see you guys. Bye. Andre the
1: Giant.
0: Andre was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small. No, no, no. Andre could drink. And he could fight. Drink, drink, drink. And a fight, fight, fight. Andre was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small. No, no, no. Andre could drink. And he could fight. Drink, drink, drink. And a fight, fight, fight. Andre the giant. Andre was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not small. No, no, no. André was great, he was not bad, a great big heart and a great big man, André was great, yeah yeah yeah,
2: he was not small, no no no, André could drink, and he could fight, drink drink, drink. and fight fight fight, André the Giant, from
1: Grenoble France.